This is the OAC Radio. What's up, y'all? You know I had to come in here because it's my family. I really use them as a template, as a model for how I would advance forward in the music industry. Real talk with real people about real topics. And then they turn around and talk about throw some D's on that bitch. This is WOAC Radio. But I just met this bitch with a big ass and no legs, <laughs> and I love her. Uh, how big is the ass? Powered by OAC Entertainment Incorporated. So I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate you guys very, very much. You know what? She's no longer part of River House Club. Hey, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to another episode of WOAC Radio. Real topics, real talk with real people. Part of the original album club on Clubhouse and powered by OAC Entertainment Group Incorporated. Had to put that spiel out there. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, I go by the name of KB here with the squad here, Quez, B, TJ, and of course, Kevin's going to be coming in a little bit as well. Uh, but fellas, how are you doing today? Everything's all good? Everything is wonderful. How are you all doing today? Everything is well, all good. How are y'all doing? What's happening, y'all? Life is out here lifing like it's never life before, but we're going to get into that later. Man, not life has been life, and Jesus Christ. But yeah, it's definitely a lot that we're going to talk about today. You know, today is a, a good day. You know, uh, weather is finally breaking for a couple of days over on this end, you know, in the Michigan area. Um, we're going to get like some 60 degree weather for the next two days, and then it's back to 40. But that's a different story, different day. But yeah, we got a lot to uh, we got a lot to talk about, and we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna get right into it. So, uh, starting with, of course, like we always do, some new music uh, that have come out recently. And uh, these two tracks that we're gonna preview for you guys um, is something that came out the past few weeks ago. Um, but of course, we still wanted to mention it because it's still fairly new. Um, so the first track we're gonna get into uh, is a uh, Too Short featuring Little Duval. Um, it's called Big Sexy Thing. And then after that, we're going to play a little bit of uh, Keith Sweat and Raheem Devon's joint, Can't Nobody, which, you know, has been playing for quite a while as well. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. This is WOAC Radio. Welcome to it. Most of them, it won't take long to get her to show us something. The music is good and that body is flowing. No, it don't take much to get her going. The way she swing that booty round and round. Drop it to the floor, bounce it up and down. Come on, come on. Bring it back up. Twerk a little bit. Let me see that big butt. It's the same old dance with an extra shake. When she slide, she make the dance floor bake. Do the cha-cha or the cupid shuffle. You can wobble, wobble or do the old school hustle. Thick delicious. You so damn wavy. Give me all that body, baby. She said you can't handle me. I said if we land down but not on your feet. I believe in miracles. I love what you do. Big sexy thing. Work them in them videos. I want to fuck with you. Big sexy thing. I'm going to let her ride real quick. Electric slide on my dick 
I hit it at the wedding reception, y'all heard? But I'm never confessing that. We did it in the bathroom, did it in the room. Only once knew was the bride and the groom. I probably had more fun than them. Next time she see me, she gon' want me again. She got a lot, like a double shot. Once she gets started, she don't never stop. She got a grown woman body. She said, don't leave here without me. I ain't going nowhere without your thick nowhere. I want it all. Girl, I'm trying to hit that. That's what I did. She said she wants, she me. wants me. So I put her on top and told her, shake that monkey. I believe in miracles. I love what you do. Big sense of day. Yes, this is WOAC Radio. Uh, thank you so much for joining us once again. Of course, the squad, myself, Paige B, Quez, B, TJ, and we have Kevin joining us now as well. He is the super busy one, in case you haven't already guessed. So, yeah, so that's that's what we get into. So, we just played a little bit of some uh, recently released music. Uh, you heard, of course, what you just heard with Keith Sweat and Raheem Devon's joint, Can't Nobody. And then before that, we actually played a Too Short Little Duval, Big Sexy Thing, which actually includes a very infamous sample. Uh, so definitely enjoyed that. What do you guys think? I enjoy Little Duval's music career a little more than I enjoy T.I.'s comedy career. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. That makes perfect, perfect sense. 
Alright, well, let's get some tour news, of course, uh, quite a bit of tour news. Um, so, first and foremost, it looks like uh, Chris Brown may be uh, heading back to tour really, really soon. You know, he's getting ready to uh, put out his uh, latest studio album, Breezy, uh, which officially has a release date. I believe it's coming out in April, I want to say. Uh, so, he actually teased on Instagram uh, that he's going to do a tour featuring himself and another mystery artist. Dun, dun, dun. So let me go ahead and pull up the Instagram. Well, first and foremost, like I have seen, you know, Chris a couple of times and he can definitely put on the show. And I personally think he could put on a show by himself, but um, he wants to do it with some other person. And he actually said a uh, tour announcement soon. Me and of course, the eyes, uh, the eye emoji, he said, been the fuck the summer up. So who do you guys think could be, you know, joining him on tour this time? I can think of, like, a couple people. I can think of, uh, probably, you know, Young Thug, because, you know, he did a couple of, uh, projects with him. Maybe Gunna. So we'll see about that. What do you guys think? No clue. I just want to see Chris out here winning. I don't care who he go on tour with. I just want to see him win. Yeah, I've never seen him live. I've always heard uh, great and rave reviews about how he is live. Um, I mean, whatever he does, he's I feel like he's going to pack the house out. He usually does. He's got a huge fan base. So um, I, I'm with Quiz. I, I want to see him win. Uh, we know all the issues he had early on in his career. But I personally do believe that he's passed that stage in his life. He's got a daughter now, and he's just been on the right path. And all of the BS that's been thrown his way has just been bs and he's proven his innocence so i, I want i want good things to go his way so that's absolutely for sure so definitely looking forward to it i mean it's it's hard to believe like he came out in 2007 is now 2022 like so that means he's been out here for almost 20 years now yeah, he's been out since 05 oh five yeah, that's what it was i ain't gonna say how old i was but i was i was two years old we get it but, was three. Um, and a half. was three yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right for sure, for sure. Uh also uh a new tour kicked off this week as well. Uh for the R and B heads out there. The night tour officially kicked off with headlining at Maxwell. Uh that's in promotion of his upcoming album, which is the third and final installment of the Black Summer's Night album series so uh that's that's actually kicked off this week featuring anthony hamilton and joe so i've actually heard like a couple of good you know reviews in regards to it i know it's still early on so i uh what city are they in uh this week i believe um this week they got columbus georgia atlanta georgia um and a couple of other places i can't really think of i just know that columbus is next up um I got a couple of friends that's on that tour and uh, I've heard some great things, but there is one complaint that seems to be going crazy, which is Maxwell is not performing a woman's work. That's so, the only complaint. <laughs> like if that's the only complaint, then there must be a pretty damn good show then. Like we also have to understand, like he has so many, you know, classic joints out there that it's hard to, hard to fit and maybe you know really edit the really look I, i'm a maxwell fan so no, so so am i but i'm also a realist like 
he has a lot. <laughs> he has a good amount of hits. But when you're headlining a tour like that, you're doing 90 minutes, 75 at the least. Um, there's no way that a woman's worth should not be in there. I mean, hey, and it's still early. Hey, well, and technically on paper, it's his biggest record. That's why Keith Sweat doing a tour and then saying, yeah, yeah, Skip make it last forever. He don't need to do that. Right. <laughs> like, no, right. You don't get to say that. We need to... <laughs> All right, so yeah, tonight uh, he is, as Quez mentioned, in Columbus, Georgia at the Columbus Civic Center. And then tomorrow he'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina. He'll be in Atlanta on the 19th, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina uh, on the 20th. And um, it'll continue on until uh, May 8th. The final date is Miami, Florida on uh, May 8th. And, of course, he'll make a stop uh, in some other places as well. Um, I know Beats, he'll, um, Maxwell, and we'll be at the uh, Little Caesars on April 10th. So He'll be there, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. Can, <laughs> can we say they and not him? <laughs> I have two brothers on. I have, Listen, I have my two brothers okay, are they, holding yes, this down. For sure, okay? for sure. Anthony Hamilton and Joe. Oh, wait, Paige, that's been a complaint, too, is that Joe doesn't have enough time. Uh, Joe's only doing 30 minutes. And Joe has a lot. That's hits. been a complaint. Yeah, Joe definitely has a lot of hits. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see. So I'm surprised you know that, Beats. That's crazy. Hey, well, um, well whatever. You know, you, you are stupid. him in a battle. <laughs> you are stupid. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, also, uh, there's some more news. Of course, uh, Jasmine Sullivan has recently resumed her tour, uh, the Hotels Tour. You know, she had to postpone a few dates uh, because of COVID. You know, she was dealing with a bad case of COVID, but now she is back. She actually relaunched her tour in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're definitely happy to hear about that. Um, and I've heard, you know, a lot of people have been asking for her on tour and everything. So definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, how this turns out. Cause it actually moved like super early in, in the tour. She had to postpone like almost near the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah. She only did like four or five dates and then she had to postpone. The crazy thing is in this postponement, some of these dates actually canceled. Uh, I know Nashville is one. There's a few others that are actually just canceled as a whole because she couldn't get them rescheduled. So it's a few cities that won't see Jasmine at all, unfortunately. Damn, definitely sad to hear that. But you know what, for those who are able to, you know, see her, definitely make sure you check her out. Um, I believe she'll be at the House of Blues Boston tonight, um, Boston, Massachusetts. And then next up, she'll be in Brooklyn. She'll be, of course, in her hometown of Philly, uh, Philadelphia. She actually has uh, the dates on March 18th, and she'll be back in Philly uh, June 4th and 5th for the Roots Picnic. So, um, But the actual hotels tour actually ends April 10th in Inglewood, California. So, And, of course, she'll make some other uh, tour stops. She'll be in Chicago. She'll be in Minneapolis. Um, a few dates in uh, Canada and Toronto, uh, Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, D.C. So, yeah, make sure you check her out as well, all right? All right, and then of course, as you know, Culture Tour Quez, you know, Culture Tour is still going on strong with a uh, jerk with a uh, with um Jodeci with New Edition and Uncle Charlie. Like, how's that going so far? 
It's going good. Uh, I just talked to Johnny yesterday. They are getting ready for this weekend. Funny thing is, uh, they're doing Oakland. Um, they're doing Oakland, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles this weekend. Um, so they're actually on their off days right now in Oakland because uh, Oakland's first their first show is uh, this week coming up is on Friday in Oakland and then Saturday in Vegas. Crazy thing is, I will be in Vegas working the show the exact same time as the Culture Tour. So I'm going to try and wrap that up really quick and uh, run over to the arena to see my brothers one more time if I can. But uh, yeah, they're going strong. This past week was just Brooke Payne's birthday. So they had a big birthday celebration for him. It was all over social media. It went viral. The fellas are doing good. They're doing good. They're looking good. Everybody's doing good on this tour. Awesome, awesome. And, of course, shout-out to Brooke Payne, who's been there, you know, since pretty much the beginning. So, shout-out to them. All right. So, uh, next up, of course, next up, we got to talk about another tour that is on the way. And, of course, Quez, you have some personal personal, uh, news in regards to that. Of course, we're talking about the uh, Full Circle Tour that is coming up, that's getting ready to kick off uh, real soon uh, with Kim and Babyface. And it will be hosted by comedian sherry shepherd and uh quite understand that they actually just started rehearsals for the shows correct we just started rehearsals uh this this week um they're going good um we're getting i'm working with kim kim's my artist we are working really hard on trying to get all his hits in plus some of the new music so it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be a really good time it kicks off on March 30th in Petersburg, Virginia. And we got a seven-week run. I'll be on the entire tour. I think I'm only missing one date due to another obligation that I have to deal with. But uh, we'll be coming to a city near you. We're literally hitting all the markets. So we will That's be right, girl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that is your tour roundup uh, for this episode. So definitely looking forward to checking them out. And uh, speaking of Kim, you know, let's go ahead and get into his new joint a little bit. Uh, Here is Stuck on You right here on WOAC Radio. Stuck on you, girl. Jesus Christ, man. Girl, I've been looking for a hero. The kind of loving you can lean on. And trust and baby anywhere we go I can tell how the people how they look at us baby your love is so amazing it drives me crazy baby I'm stuck Kiss. And maybe your love 
This is W-O-A-C Radio, real talk, real people, real subjects, all right? And let's get into uh, let's get into some entertainment news, you know, the meat and potatoes of our show, because, of course, you know, that's what we do here. A um, couple of huge losses uh, that we had this past week, man, of course, like, man, this is definitely hitting, and some of, and some of them actually definitely caught us way off. Guards. So, uh, first and foremost, of course, gotta send love to the Braxton family. You know, Tony, Tamar, uh, Trina, Tawanda, Mikey, of course, Miss E, um, and of course, man, everybody else in that family. Um, they actually lost Tracy Braxton uh, this week. Uh, she passed away, I believe, early Saturday morning uh, this past weekend uh, following a private year-long battle with esophageal cancer. Um, This was a battle that she chose to uh, keep from the public, you know, um, which, you know, she's definitely, you know, deserved that privacy and everything. Um, Yeah, this is definitely something that definitely hit us hard, especially, you know, those watching, you know, Braxton Family Values all those years, you know, and getting to know her story, getting to you know, see her interact with her family, and it's definitely, like, that family is definitely one of the most tight-knit families that we were able to watch on television, so understandably, you know, this was, this was a striking blow, um, striking blow to that family, for sure, um, and Quez, of course, you working with, you know, Tony and with Tamar in the past, obviously, you know, you know them personally, so, um, want to get your, your take on it first. Um, this was a hard one. So it, Tracy made sure that we all took a vow of silence. So no one said anything about her battle. Uh, she's been battling it for a little bit over a year. Um, it took a turn Thursday and then it, it kind of went downhill Friday. And, um, it, the good thing is every the people that needed to be in place were in place. That's the best way to put it. Um, the family is taking it pretty hard, but you know, they're a praying family. So they're keeping their heads up and they're being positive about it. But uh, this is a huge loss. You know, it's always the good ones that go early. The ones that raise the most hell end up here forever. <laughs> that is accurate. That is accurate. And I think she would probably attest to that as well. Um, for sure, for sure. And man, it was definitely, um, yeah, it was definitely tough, you know, as a fan, cause she was actually like, let's keep it funky. She was actually one of the breakout stars of that show. Um, along with Tamar, of course, um, definitely, you know, brought a lot of the comedic relief, uh, to the show. Um, but of course, you know, she was also a recording artist in her own right. Uh, she did put out her debut album back in 2014 and, uh, the single from the album actually did really well called last call ended up being number 16 on the, I believe the hot 100, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, she's definitely an entertainer on right. Um, actress as well. And man, like this is, uh, like this, this was tough. This was really tough. Um, 
but you yeah, know what? I come from a, a big family, so I'm just imagining how that feels to 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 deal with something like that when they're all, at least from with from the the unseen or the untrained eye, it seems like they're a very close knit family. So like my brother, my sister, and I, if one of us were to to lose uh, one of one of us, it just I, I just know it would it would hurt terribly. So I I definitely sent a prayer up uh, for them and. I hope they uh, find some healing energy uh, whenever they can because a loss like that, you can't, it's not something that you can get over easily or sometimes ever. Yeah, absolutely. Beats, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I'm not really that familiar with this TV show, but of course the family um, is very familiar. Um, it's, it's, it's tough, man. And a lot of people who go through what she went through would decide to not really say anything. Um, of course, we witnessed that with uh, Chadwick Boseman. So um, it hits us, but I would think that they were, you know, kind of in a way preparing for this, but it still hurts, you know. So I, I send many prayers to the Braxton family. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, several members of the family uh, have poured tributes out on uh, on social media, on Instagram. But man, the tribute that came from uh, Miss Evelyn, baby, if that was a word, that was a word. I actually have um, a portion of it, you know, talked about, you know, when she was first diagnosed and how Tracy said that she was going to beat this, saying that her healing is right around the bend. You know how they prayed every day, uh, anointed uh, their heads with oil um, and how how determined, you know, Tracy was to beat this thing. Uh, but as uh, Miss Evelyn actually uh, posted on her Instagram, um, she fought a good fight and held on until she could not hold on anymore, only to realize that sometimes healing is not on this side of God's kingdom, but it lies on the other side in the bosom of God. When I tell you, man, this entire, like this entire statement, like literally brought tears to my eyes because even in the midst of mourning, you know, the family still finds, still found the strength to thank God for the blessing that they had and for the 50 years, you know, that they had with her. So, man, definitely sending, you know, tons of healing energy uh, to the Braxton family for sure. Definitely sending prayers uh, to, of course, her husband, Kevin, her son, Kevin Jr., you know, his wife, their um, their son as well. Man, this was, whew. This is this was truly, truly a loss. And also, too, like some breaking news as well. Um, as today, the family went back on Instagram and blasted, and blasted somebody who had the audacity to create a GoFundMe page. Like, what is what is up with people like trying oh, to cash in on people's death? That's news to me. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, this actually happened uh, earlier today. Uh, believe it or not. So yeah, people are opportunists, so they see any reason for first of all, people think that death means go find me. Not everybody don't have insurance. Like everybody <laughs> take care of their business. Majority of the people take care of their business. So it would be odd that somebody would make a GoFundMe from someone who seemingly wouldn't need it in the uh case of tragedy. So it's just sad. 
Yeah. So, yeah, somebody by the name of Eugene David actually had the audacity to create the GoFundMe with a $5,000 goal point. Uh, but thankfully, you know, the family was up on it. You know, people got to reporting the page. And uh, as of today, that page was officially taken down. So glad it was definitely, you know, resolved rather quickly. So happy, happy about that for sure, for sure. So, but yeah, once again, you know, rest in peace uh, to the Bra- to uh, Miss Tracy Braxton. Uh, definitely an amazing person from what I've seen on television. And I might have to watch, uh, rewatch, you know, some Braxton family ba- values because she definitely had some some funny moments on that show. Uh, so of course, definitely want to send our prayers. And um, yeah, it looks like we actually got a comment uh, in the chat uh, from our longtime listener, uh, Damon. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna bring him up. Um, see if he wants to speak but he said you know her and the family have been on his heart all week and um oh damon is actually on the stage what's up damon how are what's you what's going on how y'all doing doing all right so you wanted to uh express your uh feelings on this story yeah like that news like i was the fun, the crazy thing is i was at the gym when i heard my sister she had messaged me and she was like did you hear about this i said hear about what and she was like tracy passed i said tracy who <laughs> she was like tracy Braggs. i'm like stop it and I, um, she sent me like a, um, she sent me like a, a, a link, and then I had one on Twitter, and it was just everywhere. And I was, I was just so heart, heartbroken. Like Tracy, that was besides Tony, like that was my girl. Like she just seemed like the realest of the real. Like the, no bullshit. Like she was like, you know, I'm be more down. Do not play with me. I will come for you. Like she was my girl. And I didn't even, I think I heard like on Twitter, like she, um, she was sick for a while. And then like had her weight loss journey and um that was also another thing and you would think like from like from um chadwick chadwick bozeman's uh death when he had um lost weight before he had passed that people would stop talking uh uh talking about people's weight um but of course that wasn't that wasn't the case um so when she passed everybody was like oh that's the reason for her weight loss and da, 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 da. i'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter she 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 passed like let's let's focus on that um and yeah my heart just goes goes out to the Braxton family I, I couldn't imagine that that kind of that kind of loss um so yeah like love to the Braxton family always yeah definitely love 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 to the Braxton family as well and thank you so much for sharing uh your thoughts um for those who uh watch like between among all of us who've watched the show and have actually you know watched it were there like what were some of your your funny moments and your best moments from from the show involving Tracy. Um, I never, I never really got into the show. Um, that was around the time where I stopped watching reality TV. But my mom used to watch it all the time. Um, and I remember the video that like went viral with uh, Tamar singing the song like "Daddy" or something like that. She's like, "Daddy, daddy." daddy. <laughs> I want to say uh, Tracy was in there too, so that was always funny. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, once again, you know, condolences to the Braxton family and also uh, condolences to our girl Khalees as well um, because she has dealt with huge loss as well. Um, We got to send our condolences to Khalees and her family. She actually lost her husband uh, earlier this week as well, uh, photographer Mike Mora, who passed away uh, at just 37 years old, man, 37 years old, following about a year and a half long battle with stage four stomach cancer. Um, The confirmation of his death uh, came from Red Light Management, uh, saying sadly it's true that Mike Moore has passed away. Um, 
we ask all to respect Khalees and her family's privacy as of right now. Uh, as you know, they actually got married back in 2014 and welcomed two children together, two young children as well, um, a six-year-old son named Shepard and then a daughter, Galilee, who is only a year old. Man, only a year old. And of course, you know, Khalees has her older son from his from her previous relationship. But this was definitely a a terrible loss for Khalees as well because I've actually been familiar uh, with their story through Instagram and like you just saw the love pouring in between them as well Uh, so this was definitely very devastating and like and the fact that you know he was so young dealing with stomach cancer that always you know is so 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 scary because in dealing with that man like I can't imagine dealing with cancer at any age, let alone like 37 years old. And he was so determined uh, to beat it as well. Um, Even, you know, even though he had the grim diagnosis, uh, he was actually diagnosed back in September of uh, 2020. um, And he, you know, revealed more about, you know, his battle, more about his battle when he's about a year on and everything. And like the post that he actually, you know, posted about it is, it was just, it, it was just scary. And he actually posted uh, back in September. Um, this is actually one of the captions that he wrote. It said, I've been posting this after so much thought, many hours thinking of what the right thing to do is not because of a selfish reason, not because I want people to feel bad or sorry for me and my family. I'm posting this because life is full of the most unexpected situations. I never thought that this could happen to me at just 36 with three kiddos and a wife that loves me. I want to be able to help those that might be experiencing something like this. Um, And he went on to say this. You always see people post about how life is too short, how you should reach out to those you love no matter where life has taken you. It is the truth. Don't take your time here, your time with friends, family for granted because shit can be over just like that. Point blank period. It's crazy because I follow Khalees and, uh, you know, she's she still does music, but not uh, as much as she did before. She's really into like gardening and cooking and whatnot. And she she uh, I remember after the news came out that he was sick and he only had a, a little bit more time to live. Um, just she didn't really you didn't really get the idea that she was um, sad or breaking down or anything. She still went on with a regularly scheduled program. So. I'm definitely sending a prayer out for her too. So it's, it's, it's really, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. And it just shows you like when you're dealing with death and all of that, like it just shows that life is too short. That's, that's point blank period. So uh, definitely sending healing energy to everyone involved, anyone dealing with a loss, anyone dealing with, you know, troubling times and, you know, struggling with their grief. Uh, our hearts are definitely with you. So uh, with that being said, I think um, we definitely need to, since we're here and this yeah. is now turned into a real segment. Um, For sure. I think we definitely need to say shout out to somebody that listens to our show. Sister Selena Johnson. She lost her father, Seal yes. Johnson, a yes. couple of so. weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And we only did it as a footnote, but let's, since this but is a segment, the, let's do yeah, let's that dive into that. Yeah, let's dive into that as well, for sure, because like for those of you who may not be familiar, Syl Johnson is definitely an influential blues singer, soul singer, uh, definitely huge 
on the blue circuit and the Chicago soul circuit, you know, and he is definitely a legend for sure. And as a matter of fact, you know, he was actually heavily sampled. I believe it was like some drum, like a, one of the songs that was actually heavily sampled, uh, different strokes, uh, was actually sampled heavily. And is it because I'm black and it's become like basically the go-to sample. He provided some go-to samples in hip hop, like Wu-Tang Clan, Houdini, Public Enemy. The, the brothers Johnson, they were really known for their, their bass. They had like the slapping bass and whatnot. So Strawberry Letter 23 and whatnot. Uh, Brother Johnson. So yeah, um, is it because I'm black? I think I have that album somewhere in my collection. So it's definitely. Hey, EJ, I just want you to know he's not a member of the Brothers Johnson. Yeah, he's definitely not Brothers Johnson, oh, bro. Not? No. Oh, okay. No. Haha. I was testing y'all. I was trying to see. I'm sorry. That's my... You are. So <laughs> you are. Your yeah. age is showing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. Okay. Y'all should have cut me off earlier. EJ, what I'm going to tell you is this: read up on Sil Johnson because no, he's not a member of the Brothers Johnson. He's Selena Johnson but... daddy. Yeah, Selena no, I Johnson. Knew that for sure, but I thought he was. Oh yeah, he he did say, "Is it because I'm black?" So he knows yeah, a I little. Know, yeah, I know who he is. He didn't know. He didn't know he wasn't that Brother Johnson. So you yeah, thought sorry. it was George, Lewis, and Seal. Got it. I don't know the members by name. I just know the Brothers Johnson. I knew Seal. You, you should know Lewis. Lewis is the one that uh, did the bass <laughs> that you love so much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. EJ, and man, you definitely got really Yeah, age is really, really showing. I mean, but when you listen to too much Bow Wow, I, I kind of understand, you know, the, the issue. So, yeah, but yeah, he has, you know, released a variety of singles, you know, throughout the 60s. And then he signed with Twilight Records in 1967. And that, of course, that's when he recorded joints like Different Strokes, Come On, Socket To Me, Dress Is Too Short. And it basically like brought that gritty, you know, funk into you know into the blues and soul scene um as a matter of fact different strokes of course heavily sampled and it actually features uh sills deep grunts and also some giggles on there from a well-known female singer as well anybody guess who that female singer is aside from quest because obviously he will know i didn't even know he wasn't in the brothers johnson so i can't even <laughs> yeah you can't you need to shut up um but yeah uh mini ripperton uh, actually provided vocals to that track as well. And uh, it actually reached number 17 on Billboard's R&B chart. Well, back then, it was called, like, the Black Music chart, wasn't it? Back yeah, it then? was, like, race record charts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it was it was uh, Black Music chart. That's what yeah. They should have called Black it the music. music our kids sneak to listen to charts. <laughs> but, um... That is a fact, though. That is a fact. That is a fact. And of course, you know, he went on from there. Is it because I'm black is definitely a really good record, uh, basically as a response uh, to Dr. King's assassination. So definitely has uh, some great work right there. And he continued recording until like the 2000s. And he actually recorded a joint album with his brother, Jimmy, who's also a well-known uh, soul blues act as well. He was Chicago soul. So and of course, if you want to learn more about him, uh, there is actually a documentary uh, that came out directed by Rob Hatch Miller called Any Way the Wind Blows. Um, so, EJ, I suggest you go ahead and find that documentary, however you want to find it. That way you won't have to make a stupid mistake like that ever again in life. I'm <laughs> That's your homework. 
he's the youngest we can't treat him like that yes that is that is that is your homework for sure but yeah once again you know rest in peace uh to blues soul king soul johnson you know prayers and love uh to selena selena johnson his daughter uh as well as his other daughters uh salicia salette uh michelle her his son anthony and of course his other relatives as well and also want to say uh yeah this it's tough. And also, uh, Quez, let's go ahead. Since he mentioned it, um, rest in peace to Billy Bannister of The Temptations as well. Um, he recently passed away, too. Um, definitely. That is, that, that is the, so Billy's death is the hardest death that I've had in a while. Yeah. Um, Billy was my big brother. Um, I, when I first became a valet, he taught me all I knew him and my mother. They taught me everything from sewing to doing hymns to understanding color patterns and how to match things and how to put together, um, a suit, how to pay attention to fabrics. Billy taught me how <laughs> a lot of these male artists don't pay attention to shit. Um, That's accurate. So- <laughs> You got to give them the final look up and down before they hit the stage, before the red carpet, before um, any appearance. Um, Billy was everything to me. And for those of y'all that don't know, Billy Bannister was the Temptations role manager for over 40 years. Um, Billy came into the Temptations in 71 as Eddie Kendricks was having his problems with Otis and Melvin. And he tried to quit and he couldn't quit. So he said, well, I need to bring somebody out here to have my back. So he brought Billy out. And then once Eddie quit, Billy left with Eddie's for Eddie's solo career. But when they came back together for the reunion tour, Billy came back and he never left. He stayed by Otis' side um, all the way up until the day he died. Actually, the day he died, the night before, they had just did a show in um, Nashville, Tennessee. And... Billy died in the most craziest way. Um, and it's so crazy because I talked to him literally like four hours before he passed. Estimated four hours. Um, he told me that he was flying in for me to call him. He was going to call me when he got home because he lived in the Bahamas. Right. And I said, okay, I will. And so that morning I texted him and I said, hey, are you connecting in Atlanta or are you connecting in Nashville? He said, I mean, or uh, connecting in Miami. And he said, Atlanta. I said, okay. I said, I'm flying too. I said, I'm in Atlanta airport, you know, from nine to 11 or nine to 1030, I think it was. And he said, well, I'm there 11 until one. And I was like, God dang it. We're going to miss each other by 30 minutes, which is normally how our life goes. And um, God rest his soul. Um, yeah, he died on the plane. Yeah, I'm actually was uh, actually reading the article from the Bahama Press. So yeah, he was actually he you know heading to on the. I, I have two fears. I have two fears in life. I have the fear of dying in the hotel room alone, and now I have this fear, which was never a fear to me before, until Billy passed. Um, they yeah. thought that he just fell asleep because he was the last person to get off the plane. Right. And so the flight attendants went to wake him up and they realized that he was gone. So rest in peace to my big brother, Billy Bannister. Two Bs is what we call him. 
Uh, one of the sharpest men ever. One of the greatest men ever. Um, rest in peace. For sure, for sure. Did they have the uh, funeral services for him yet? Because I did see on this article uh, with Soul Tracks uh, that his family set up a GoFundMe to uh, help for expenses. So we're working on it now. And actually that GoFundMe is down now um, because okay. it was put up and by his son um, that lived with him in the Bahamas. And it was just a whole bunch of miscommunication. A lot of people didn't know a lot of things. <laughs> His son Jay did give me permission that I always that I can talk about it. Um, the Temptations before COVID, they had stopped working in November of nineteen because they were going to take two months off and get back to work at the um, end of February, right of twenty twenty, and that never happened because of COVID. So, and then when they came back from COVID, they were one of the last acts to go out on the road after COVID. So. Um, they were home for relatively two years. Uh, so in that time period, he cashed in his, his life insurance policies. Um, and so he was in the process of recouping like we all were, but he just started to recoup his life because they took so much time off. So he was in the process of recouping. So he passed that unfortunate time, but, uh, we made sure that we talked to Jade, the GoFundMe came down and those of us that can. We did what we were supposed to, and uh, everything will be worked out this week. So we will be having a funeral service for him this week. We'll be having two, one in the Bahamas and one in New York, which is where he's from. Okay, well, definitely thank you for that update. And, of course, you know, God send our condolences to you, Quez, you know, obviously you know he was a mentor to you um and of course remember the pictures that you shared uh with us as well uh he's definitely seemed like a really great human being so i, I definitely want to send you know condolences to you and to his family um you know shout out to vernell as well you know saying you know that he, that was one of his mentors as well so and uh, definitely, you know, our hearts are with you. So uh, let's get into another music break. And then when we return, we're going to talk about everything going down in politics right now. So uh, this is WOAC Radio.
So I just had to sneak and like check it back and forth as to when the song cuts off because uh, there are quite a few songs that I can't still listen to all the way through. Right. That's one of them. So that's why I'm not crying. You are. No, somebody just cutting onions. That's what <laughs> no, like that song was actually played at a funeral of a classmate that died when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. So every time I hear that song, I think about that. So I did. I did. I read the uh, show lineup, but I didn't really read it. <laughs> like I skipped <laughs> like through I, it. Like we skipped through and it. That, that snuck right past my eye. I, 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 y'all know how to pull on a nigga emotional strings. Like, like here's the thing. Like when I listen to Brandy and Tamia's portion, I was like, okay, cool. Then Gladys gets to her version, and like you feel the tears start swelling up and everything. Then you get to Shaka's version. I Shaka's part, and I'm in full blown. All, all bets are off. When all bets are off. On that part. <laughs> Yo, here come here come the tears. You described that perfectly. Like when Brandy kicks it off, it's like okay, this is another song, right? And then Tamia goes, and it's like okay, it's in another emotional song. Once the legends come in there. You have no emotion anymore. Like you are out of here. And I don't know what it is about Gladys and Shaka, but that one-two punch in that song, I think that makes thugs cry. Yeah, and I think that's also like I think I remember from uh, Gladys's episode of Behind the Music. I think it was around the time that she had to deal with a personal loss as well. And I think that's what I'm thinking of, like the backstory, because it was like someone in her immediate family. I want to say, and I'm mm-hmm. like. When they get the shocker part, I turn to Jamie Foxx like, I got to hold myself. Who going to hold me? <laughs> Jesus. You know what's crazy? I'm this evening. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I never pat myself on the back about anything. And this is a bad thing to pat myself on the back about. But I'm a damn good producer of this podcast. I think I'm too good. Because that just that wasn't a good segment. I don't, I don't think I want to do this again. <laughs> Like, well, man, we hope we don't have to do this again. Cause it's I like, can't do this again. I don't. That's coming out. Uh, Beats is the CEO, so Beats, uh, we'll talk about it. But I think <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's good work where it is. All right, so let's get into. Uh, let's switch the subject because seriously, I'm about to cry again. Um, let's get into our political stuff, starting with President Joe Biden telling us to get our black asses back to work. Uh, I don't wanna. Actually, exactly said that. <laughs> I don't wanna. He had a conversation (laughs) with Kim Kardashian and they was like, yeah, y'all bitches need to get back to work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so obviously, you know, he made the comments uh, a couple of weeks ago during his State of the Union address. Uh, So basically, we are, with the whole COVID-19 situation, we are now in the quote-unquote endemic stage so basically COVID is here to stay it's going to be like more of a seasonal thing like going up and down like the flu tuberculosis chicken pox you know all of that so uh yeah he actually encouraged uh in his state of the union address uh for workers to return to in office work uh so at this point in the uh, situation 15.4 of percent of Americans ages 16 and older work from home at some point in January 2022. That's down from roughly 23% in February of 2021. So he's saying we can end the shutdown of schools and businesses. We have the tools we need. Time for Americans to get back to work, fill our great downtowns again. He has also lifted all mask mandates as well. Uh, man, 
So this this is the this is the end of an era, apparently. So what do you guys so, feel about that? So real quick update to that story. So he did lift all the mandates, and then the CDC came back and said, "Hold on, not so fast. Let's keep them on at train stations, airports, so on and so forth." Uh, but also, I would like to say a little bit of humor since we just got done crying. Uh, I had COVID. It wasn't that bad. Go ahead. It wasn't that bad. Well, that's because you're vaccinated, sir. You're vaccinated and boosted and triple boosted. So that's a fact. And I'm waiting on them to come out with another shot because I'm gonna take that one too. Uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> listen, I mean, you kind of have to. You work in I, entertainment. I travel for a living. I work with icons and like national people that are actually designated by the U.S. government as national treasures. I can't take the risk of getting one of them sick. Like, could you imagine the guilt I would feel like I was the one that gave Gladys Knight COVID? Like, that's horrible. That's a horrible thing to have on your back. So now I've always made sure that I'm good, but um, I think that we do have to move on at some point. Like we can't keep living in the same thing. And like EJ said earlier, you know, Joe Biden said it, Kim Kardashian said it. People don't want to work. You motherfuckers need to go to work. My hey, I remember the levels it took. All right, first of all, if you had one of those parents that you can convince easily that you were sick so you couldn't go to school, you wouldn't understand this. I had one of those parents where I needed witnesses. So I had to go to school, and then it was levels to it. You got to convince a classmate first. The classmate would be so worried about you, he'll tell the teacher. Then you convince the teacher. Then they send you to the office, and you got to convince the principal. They'll tell you to call your mama, and then that was like the final level. Your mama was like King Cooper. So <laughs> if you could convince her, hey, I need to come home. I'm sick. My mama would always say, boy, you all right. Take your ass back in class. That's Joe Biden right now. Man. <laughs> the fact that you had to go through all that, it's lunchtime. Yeah, basically. You're like, it's <laughs> 1 o'clock. You're going to get two hours out and just bring your ass home. Man, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's but I wouldn't have to know about that because I never got in trouble. Like I think the only thing I got was like in school suspension for fighting a chick. No, not in school suspension. That is trouble. Dweeb. (laughs) Man, not EJ the toddler calling me a dweeb. Shut up, man. Um Mm -hmm. but yeah, like honestly, yeah, I mean what Joe Biden said had no effect on me because I've technically been back to work for like a whole year now, so like in the office, so I was out of work for four months and went right back. So that was the best four months ever, but still. Well, I, I, was, I haven't I was been out of work for a year, <laughs> for a solid year, like a full calendar year. So uh, I was so glad when we did verses and that started the trickle down effect of going back to work in March. Um, but I mean, I got some of the best sleep and rest of my life. Um, but I know that everyone wasn't as fortunate as I was. Um, But I definitely think that we got to stop it and we got to get back to work. We got to get back to normal life. We can't keep living in fear of this thing. And for all these dummies that don't want to be vaxxed and don't want to wear masks and don't want to do anything, run your risk, bro. If you get the shit and you die, oh, well, I'm not coming to the funeral. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm damn sure not paying for it. Uh, Oh, that's damn (laughs) sure not happening. And, and. If it's a bunch of people in there that didn't wear masks and didn't get vaccinated and you laying in the hospital bed and it's between me and you, they better unplug your shit and plug <laughs> me up because your hey, yo. didn't do what you were supposed to do, goddammit. 
All right, let's switch the subject because this is getting dark. Um, <laughs> we're anyway, gonna get, we're going to get flagged on every podcast platform. We probably will. Um, but <laughs> they're going to they target us like Joe Rogan. Like going from forty nine, like going from number fifty nine on Apple Podcasts to nada. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but anyway, let's get into some more news. Uh, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act was finally passed after over 200 tries in Congress and failing. It finally passed on March 7th. Uh, the House approved the bill 422 in favor, three opposed, eight members not voting. Uh, and of course, before and then after that, the Senate ended up passing the bill unanimously so now of course if it hasn't already done so uh the bill will now make it to president biden's desk and it will officially become law which means for the very first time ever lynching will be classified as a federal hate crime resulting in a maximum sentence of 30 years in prison my first question is, why the hell did it take so long, first and foremost? When you said after 200, I thought you were going to say years. That's how long it seemed. But it's it's better late than never, I guess. I mean, I, I don't believe that. But <laughs> it seemed like the right thing to say, I guess. Yeah, I would say that. Like, this is something that should have been done a long time ago, but you know how America is set up. So, yeah, honestly... You know, I'm, this is definitely long overdue. You know, shout out to uh, Bobby Rush, who introduced this version of the bill in January of 2021, um, hey, has hey. been one of the main people pushing it. Can I say yes. this? Every time somebody sure says can. Representative Bobby Rush, I always think of the blues singer Bobby Rush. I, never I was like just about Jesus. to say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I I remember I went I went to the I went to uh, when I was working on Kamala's uh, campaign. We had an event. It was like, oh, Bobby Rush is coming, and I was so excited. And then it was like, uh, Bobby Rush just got here. I was like, no, he didn't. They're like, hey, he he's over there in the weight room. I'm like, it's not Bobby. I'm like, oh, the representative. You Shit. are stupid. Okay. Hey, Jesus hey, Senator Bobby Rush wasn't stunting you <laughs> at all. <laughs> Like Jesus Christ! No, we're talking about the Bobby Rush who was involved in the Black Panther Party, bro. That's 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 what it, that's who we're talking about. You, have you seen Bobby Rush? Do, do you know Bobby Rush? <laughs> don't, don't you start that with me, Jesus. You don't know, See, you don't know Bobby Rush. Rush? I don't know Bobby Rush. <laughs> oh man! So, and for those of you who may not know how this uh, how lynching is classified in the federal sense, basically is. It's understood to mean illegal mob actions that result in the murder of a person based on race without due process for the victim. Obviously, of course, it was named in honor of Emmett Till, who was the uh, 14-year-old boy from Chicago who ended up being murdered and uh, thrown from a Mississippi bridge for allegedly whistling at a white woman. Uh, so obviously, this basically kick-started the whole civil rights movement, which all these years later, we're still dealing with now. So this was this was definitely long overdue for sure, for sure. All right. In other news, uh, let's talk about this. HBCU set to receive two point seven billion dollars in funding. Howard University. Let me hold some. <laughs> right, Howard University. No, no, no. You, you, Park you, Atlanta. You, let me hold some. No, nah, out of all of the HBCUs, Howard you definitely shouldn't be borrowing from bro because uh 
Uh, yeah, a few things they need to fix over there. Just Atlanta. Uh, well, not only not only that, but like whenever you hear HBCUs, the people that donate to HBCUs, they normally give to Howard, Morehouse, Spelman, and FAMU. Right? Those are the main universities that get like individual sponsorship uh, and individual donations. So in this case, I feel like some of this money should go to some of the others like Hampton, like Clark Atlanta, like Jackson State, stuff like that, that are uh, Southern University, Grambling University, those kind of colleges that don't normally get it. But this is an amazing moment, 2.7 billion in funding. Actually, Morehouse and Spellman already gave back prior to this bill. Yeah. Um, they already cleared out their um, tuitions for 2021. So if you went to school at Morehouse or Spelman, either 2020 or 2021, I can't remember, but they cleared out the tuition for that. I yeah, think it's 21. So yeah, I'm actually, more. yeah, I'm actually looking at the White House website. They actually broke down, you know, how much each school among the states will be receiving what. And of course, that includes like a lot of the, you know, colleges that we know, of course, Morehouse, Spelman, Clark Atlanta, Tuskegee, but also some smaller uh, HBCUs as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you definitely want to check out whitehouse.gov, they have the full breakdown. Uh, but, yeah, Alabama's getting over $334 million, uh, Arkansas nearly $61 million for four HBCUs. Uh, California's only uh, HBCU is getting over $13 million, uh, nearly $36 million for Delaware, uh, D.C. over $88 million, uh, Florida over $156 million, uh, Georgia over $260 million, Kentucky 20, over $21 million, Louisiana over $211 million, and it goes on and on and on. It actually breaks down which, like, what schools are getting what. Uh, so it's definitely, you know, a big deal, um, and I'm definitely glad that they're focusing on, you know, a lot of the smaller HBCUs as well. So definitely very happy to hear about that. Even Ohio's getting some money. Like, oh, they broke Morris, down the amounts like that. Yeah, they broke down the amounts. Well, why would they just let people know how much money they... That's crazy. That's nuts. Because you know black people ain't got... <laughs> like, y'all got a little change, huh? Yeah. Hey, as we get a bill, we go in and find out your age. Hey, bro, I know you ain't sweat me about this little $300. The fuck-ass, <laughs> fuck-ass $17. Jesus Christ, y'all are terrible. Uh, so yeah, de definitely make sure you check out whitehouse.gov and that'll show you exactly which schools and how like all the schools covered and what will be given to them. And so. where you might be able to find some money laying around. Jesus Christ. And on that note, let's get into uh, some more stuff. Obviously, you know, we got to talk about everything going on with uh, the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Uh, looks like they just passed a new $800 million bill to help assist uh, with, you know, the Ukrainian forces. So, Quez, I know you're big on CNN. You want to give us like a little bit more on that as I look it up as well. And that's I know hilarious. I should be watching. That's, I should be watching more news. I know. Well, that's hilarious that you said I'm big on CNN, not politics or foreign affairs. Big Just on politics. <laughs> big on politics. Well, obviously, like oh, CNN and MSNBC are usually the ones that get it right. So, <laughs> C-SPAN, all that stuff. Uh, I really watch C-SPAN because I like to watch the hearings and stuff live. Um, so yes, yeah, so this eight hundred million dollar bill that just got uh, that uh, Joe Biden just signed today. Um, actually gives them money for equipment. Um, it gives them money for equipment and then it earmarks about a hundred million of it for to help with the rebuilding of their infrastructure once it's over. 
Um, we don't know when it's going to be over. Um, and actually, to hit on it a little bit, um, they're going to get some javelin missiles from us, um, some grenade um, ammunition, and a few other things. But that $800 million is going to help cover the cost of them getting equipment. Um, and that kind of goes into the next part of this story, too, which is today, this morning, the Ukrainian president, uh, Zelensky, got on TV and he addressed the U.S. Congress specifically and asked for help. He said, I don't need money. Like, yes, the money's going to help, but I need your help. I need you to help me. We are drowning over here and it's only a matter of days before they actually kill me. Um, and so he's begging for our help and for us to be, as we're the leaders of the free world, they want us to come in and really help them. And uh, I can't say that I disagree with them, but we're in a very precarious situation because North Korea and China told us to mind our business. And uh, in the words of our long faithful member, Lowell, I'm going to sit down and shut my fat ass up. Cause hey, I'm not going to war with North Korea and China. I'm not. So um, yeah. have fun, Russia. That's all I'm I'm going I'm I'm to say what Steve Harvey said. Just let the phone ring. Call them back in like a month and see what they need. It might solve itself. Meanwhile, my dog barking what? in the background. I'm like, hell you? no. <laughs> like, no, we ain't fighting. Hey, what Steve Harvey said? He said, don't answer the phone. Let it ring. If you didn't. No, but Steve said, what would you do if you didn't? If you didn't know me, what would you do? Yeah. Then please get to doing it. That's how I feel with Ukraine right now. Like, hey, bro, we got too much at stake. But shout out, uh, there's a common misconception of people that don't really know politics that are weighing in on this. And I just want to say this and I'll let everybody else go. People are criticizing Joe Biden, how he's handling this. And he's actually handling this extremely well. Because um, for those of you that don't know, Russia is buddy-buddy with North Korea. And then China just don't, they're not really friends with nobody. They just don't like us. And we owe China like we owe China a like number that doesn't exist. Dollars, right? Yeah, like we're past trillion. We're like in zillions at this right. point. What did, what did Rudy and uh, Cliff used to call? A billion skillion? That's what we owe them. Not a billion <laughs> skillion, that, Jesus. That's what we owe China. So China, North Korea has the biggest army in the world as far as people. Because it's a requirement that once you turn 17, you have to serve in the military for five years. So they have, or it might be seven years. But you have to serve. So they have this huge military presence. And of course, they are next to us. They have the biggest nuclear weapons uh, arsenal in the world. So we can't go to war with North Korea. We just, we can't. Y'all thought Pearl Harbor and Hiroshima was bad. This would be way worse. So Joe Biden is playing this safe now because of our agreement with NATO. We have to protect our NATO allies which is why he sent all those troops to the border of Poland, because Poland sits right on the border of Ukraine. And uh, it looks like Russia is moving towards that way. So as long as they don't cross that border, we're fine. But once he crosses that border into Poland, by law, we have to protect Poland. So if he doesn't come to Poland, we're fine. But any other way, we're not getting involved in this because yeah. we got too much to lose. Yeah, and also, too, like, there are also, like, American citizens still stuck in Russia. Um, we know there's, like, a that's couple, not, I believe, a couple of journalists. Not my problem. Well, no, Marines. Not my problem. Like, we still... 
Not my problem. I, the I little know. WNBA girl was stuck over there too. Not my problem. Nobody told you to take oh, your ass grinder. over there. Well, hey, hey, maybe if the WNBA paid her more, it wouldn't have happened. But that's a different story. Different day. Um, but anyway, WNBA? actually, I do sometimes. Does everybody First and foremost, I also watch. Hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. That's, hey. That's, that's, that, that makes sense. It's it's about Beautiful what you jerseys. draw. Beautiful jerseys. You got you to gotta draw the money that you're trying to make. Yeah. Like they it's don't, a, it's just a mess. Audience. It's Amazing just like a messed jerseys. up situation. See, look, y'all really need to get into WNBA, though. I'm just saying. And they also brought Oh, no, I'll notes, watch so. it. Ma- magnificent jerseys. Magnificent, beautiful jerseys. <laughs> I heard you every time EJ I was laughing. EJ is ignorant um, as fuck. Like, so I hope you guys realize that by now. I love jerseys. the WNBA. I really love the WNBA. Uh, my future ex-wife is in the WNBA. Uh, Shanae. Shout out to Shanae. Um, center for the Sparks. Uh, that's my baby. And a commentator. On ESPN oh um, and NBA TV, so I love Shine. Shout out to Shine. Um, one more time, shout out to Shine. But uh, oh my God, <laughs> I will say this: the WNBA need to learn from cinema. Whenever you've seen a kid do some shit that was amazing, you would bring them to the team and actually have them play just to get the crowd coming in. Happened on Like Mike. Happened on Rookie of the Year. I shared footage of this oh young girl. Dunking. No, I'm telling you, she went cross court. You guys remember that footage? Dunked like a little boy. Like she was very athletic. Why didn't nobody sign her by now? They should have been signed. I mean, it's quite a few WNBA players that dunked. I think that little girl so. was like a sophomore in high school or something. Man, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, like, that was the most athletic play I've ever seen on. Uh, female basketball level ever. Yeah. And she wasn't really that tall. She was probably like 6'2", maybe. Yeah. Alright, well, let's get into uh, another music break. Of course, you know, thoughts to everybody out there in Ukraine. You know, thoughts and prayers. Um, yeah, but I, I agree with you, Quiz. Like, definitely President Biden is definitely responding rather well, given the situation for sure. So. He is handling this excellent. Like, yeah. People who don't know politics, they're like, oh, he's a punk. You got to know how to negotiate and how to play chess. Like, sometimes you got to chill out because you have way more to lose. So, yes, we all know that we have the biggest firepower in the world. But we don't have to use it right now. Nothing of ours is being threatened. Nothing of our friends is being threatened. We're good right now. Now, like I said, North Korea and China told us to shut our fat asses up. So we shut our asses up, fat asses up. We went to Chick-fil-A. We chilling. Now we went to Chick-fil-A. That is the most hey, racist. Listen, we chilling. <laughs> now, the only thing I will say is we got to do something with these fucking gas prices. I mean, Man, I was about to say, yeah, first and foremost, we can stop blaming President Biden for the high gas prices because apparently there are quite a few ignorant folks that don't know how that works. But yeah. I, I put up, it took $150 to fill up my tank in California. Um, and then You're I just still filled up filling my up your tank? Oh. <laughs> Hello? Right. You still I filling just, up the tank? I just filled up my tank here and it took $98. So it's very stressful. Um, I thank God that I'm blessed to do so, but it's very stressful. I don't like it. It's dipping into my weed money. It's it's not cool. You don't even smoke. <laughs> like you don't even smoke. Wait a minute. Uh, anyway, but yeah, of course, hey, you know the gas where prices. Where are you getting your information from? 
because I'm not one of the well, people listen, we, that we, sit up and talk about it does not mean I don't smoke weed. Well, listen, if anybody knows about weed and edibles and THC, it's paid. I do not. Hello. <laughs> Her nickname is infectiously edible page. Pause. Like, y'all gotta say pause to that, because, like, look, I don't know y'all. But anyway, yes, gas... Yeah, but yes, of course, we're dealing with higher gas prices. I believe over here it actually went down a little bit uh, yesterday. So it was 425 at the beginning of the week. Right now it's uh, 422. So it's going yeah, down a little bit. I haven't filled my tank up in probably like a year. <laughs> but like, especially when the gas prices went up uh, recently, it's just been crazy. And I, there's one gas station in my area that's uh, always the lowest, and I always try to fight to get there, like even if I have a drop of uh, gas. And one thing about my car, my car, I have a 2016 Ford Fusion. It's half, um, half gas, half hybrid. And since I got it in May of last year, I never used the, um, I never charged it. I'm about to start charging it now. Like, if I charge it fully, I get uh, 25 miles without gas, but them 25 miles might get me further than I need to, so uh, I'm going to take advantage of that for sure. Yeah, like you with your money, getting, like, hybrid cars and everything. But, yeah, um, of course, you know. Well, this is a nice, very nice place. This is a 2016. Hmm, okay. But, yeah, what of course. with those gas cars at the pump? I mean, I know there was like one. I mean, there was one place in I think Alabama that actually, you know, had the church giving out like over ten thousand dollars in gas cards. Yeah, I heard a couple of uh, people talking about they got friends that siphon the gas and whatnot. I need to find them allegedly, possibly. Uh, EJ, I just want y'all to know I was I was on the phone with uh, I was on the phone with Chevron. I'm actually trying to get uh, um, endorsement. One of my clients need to do an endorsement with Chevron so we can get free gas. Cause this shit is getting ridiculous. Hey, yo, send one this okay. way. Hello? Yo, listen, I will shuck and jive for some free gas. I don't care. I tap <laughs> Not them. shuck and jive. Jesus Christ. But of course, you know, everybody, you know, is feeling the pinch. I mean, we were already dealing with inflation. Now we have higher gas prices to now. Uh, ride on demand services, Lyft and Uber. They're actually adding a small fee on rides, a small surcharge to help drivers deal with rising gas prices. So, yeah, so Same that's happening with, with DoorDash and Grubhub, too. Um, I, I haven't seen it with Amazon, but definitely with um, Grubhub and Amazon. Uh, I will Amazon. say they definitely need to do it with freaking ship because uh, going like 50 million miles for like $10 is not gonna cut it. Hello. Like, just saying, like, so, uh, of course, you know, a couple, like, I believe today Lyft announced uh, their surcharge. Uh, they did not specify how much extra uh, passengers will pay or when the surcharge will go into effect, but more details are expected to come shortly. And then, of course, uh, Uber announced on Friday they will roll out a surcharge uh, to help soften the burden of rising fuel costs for its workers for at least the next two months. Now, uh, Uber customers will see the surcharge uh, actually starting today. Uh, they started seeing the surcharge uh, with the exception of New York City. So uh, across the U.S. and Canada, with the exception of New York City, rides will cost an additional 45 to 55 cents per trip. And delivery orders, because, you know, Uber has Uber Eats and everything, it will cost an additional 35 to 45, uh, 35 to 45 cents, hello, uh, depending on the market. So customers will see the surcharge even if their driver has an electric vehicle. So... It is what it is. Like, we got to pay a little bit extra, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to go ahead and uh, ride out. So, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. So 
Next up, we're going to get into another music break. You know, we're going to get into a little bit of Marvin Gaye, what's going on. But up next, after that, we're going to talk about Smokey Robinson and why he hates the term African-American. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, Juicy Smoulet, a.k.a. Jussie Smollett, a.k.a. Jussie Mandela, uh, the way these folks are talking about him. We're going to talk about uh, his case, his uh, sentencing, and also some breaking news in regards to Jussie's sentencing that was just announced moments ago. So let's get into it. This is WOAC Radio. Far too many of you die. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer for only love. Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Welcome back. This is W-O-A-C Radio. Real talk, real topics, real niggas. That's how we do it. Um, Anyway, let's go ahead and get into Smokey Robinson. Now, a poem that he did uh, actually recently resurfaced. Uh, I believe this is actually the poem that he uh, did on Def Poetry Jam. You remember that show, y'all? Yeah, he did this poem and then he closed it with gangbanging. Stop it. No, he did not be. He did. Anyway. No, he did. He, he did. What, he closed what by gangbanging? He, <laughs> EJ, relax. He actually did two poems. He did this poem and he did a poem called Gangbang, which was the song that we know as Gangbang. He yeah. did it as a poem first. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, I know poem... everything, Uncle Smokey. I know. Well, anyway, the. Uh... Of course, that poem called A Black American actually resurfaced uh, recently because the teacher actually animated the poem uh, for Black History Month. And he actually, um, as a result of that, you know, it's starting to become like really popular again, especially, you know, the fact that Smokey does not like the term African-American. As a matter of fact, he kind of, you know, resents that term, as a matter of fact. And he actually uh, spoke about that in a recent interview uh, with The View. I don't know if we actually have that clip, um, but we can talk about it, though. So um, 
Basically, in the interview, uh, he explains why he does not like the term African-American and prefers the term black American, uh, saying, he said in this uh, interview, I think that when you use the term African-American, you're disclaiming all the contributions that black people have made to America. I continued my, I consider myself to be a black American and I enjoy being black and black has been so negativized as a color down throughout history by those who wanted to negativize it. And so it spilled over into the black community and to the black people and even black people back in the day calling each other black was a sign for a fight like black was so negative. Um, He went on to say, you know, he actually ended up uh, gifting each host on The View a copy of the book Black History 365, an inclusive account of American history. Uh, He also spoke on black Americans in the armed forces not dying for African countries, but instead dying in states like Mississippi, Georgia and Alabama, uh, saying we've contributed so much to America that it should be acknowledged. That's how I feel about being black. And I'm proud to call myself a black American. So what do you think about, you know, Smokey's reasoning? I personally think he's right on the ball. Like in regards to that, I so what I can say is he's consistent, right? So if you know about the term African American, it was um, it was penned by Dick Griffey when he was the campaign manager for Jesse Jackson's presidential run, and uh, that's a term that him and Jesse kind of came up with, and the world ran with it. Um, Smokey didn't like it then, so I can honestly say he's consistent. Uh, Forty years later. He has the same stance, so he's very consistent with it. Um, What I did find to be shocking is the part that you didn't read in that interview was he said, uh, I've never been to Africa, and one day I hope to get there. And I said to myself, how the hell has Smokey never been to Africa? That's true. That's very true. I've been to Africa at least seven times. But now I I get it because Motown wasn't that big in Africa. But I was like, dang, Smokey never been to Africa? That's wild. Yeah, that is crazy. I, I think like it, Motown was more popular over in Europe, so I think that's probably why um, they didn't make it to Africa. But I kind of get you know what he's saying because like with us, it's kind of hard for me to say African American because that's kind of like generalizing like a whole situation. Like I don't know which part of Africa I'm from. Like I could be from Nigeria. I could be from South Africa. Like, it's so many countries within that entire continent that to just call myself African-American, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's kind of like, one thing, kind of men for me. Can I, can I make one little quick announcement real quick? I just want to make this one quick announcement, y'all. For sure. <clears throat> this is WOAC Radio, and we are broadcasting live on all podcast platforms. However, we do record it live on Clubhouse. So we just want to say that we do not need the ADOS people coming for us doing this portion of the show. We're just commenting on what Uncle Smokey said on The View and on his Instagram page. Thank you so much. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Man, the ADOS people can come for me. I don't care. Hey. <laughs> like, they can come for but- me. This is like grand opening, grand closing. Come on, Paige. Okay. Like, y'all, <laughs> this. y'all go ahead and continue, but, but no, shoot. I've, what are I've your heard, thoughts? Um, I've heard that argument before because I have um, friends and family that are from the Caribbean and whatnot. So they're ne- not necessarily from Africa or they trace their roots back and they start in the Caribbean and things like that. So people will be like, I call myself a black American because I'm American and I'm black, but I'm from the Caribbean or I'm 
from South America and I look like I'm black or da 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 da. And they've I've heard people say that, and then I've also heard people say, if you like, if you want to be technical, civilization started in Africa. So wouldn't everybody be African American if like we all if we trace our roots back, it goes back to Africa. Like technically, everybody would be. Smokey said that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's just like I I, I get it. I still say African American. Well, I say nigger. No, I'm joking. Oh, yeah. Like I've heard the argument. So I mean, it's not a egregious thing to say. But you know what, Smokey said that. But you know what else Smokey said in this whole statement? He created a word, negativize. <laughs> I am using <laughs> negativize. The man wrote thousands of songs. He has a right, damn it, to make a word that he did, and I'm using it. Negativize. Put it in the dictionaries. Put it in the urban dictionary. Negativize is a word. We've been using it ever since the interview. Me and Beach been using it. I said it yesterday. I said you could negativize this. Hey, my mama dropped off a coat for my daughter to my godmother's house, and she said, "Why you ain't go pick up that coat?" I said, "Why you gotta negativize my day?" My gosh. Jesus. I got a lot of accomplishment. You telling me what I did in the comments. Let me tell you something. He is known as the greatest songwriter and poet to ever live. So when he said negativize, Webster should have put out a whole new goddamn dictionary with a special page that say negativize with a picture of Smokey next to it. God damn it. Y'all are, Motown. Y'all are ignorant as hell. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you a little story though. Like when they did, I second that emotion. The term is really I second that motion. So in a meeting, somebody said I second that emotion. Smokey went home, wrote a song. They recorded it. And the lady who was in charge of the tape room, Pat Cosby, said, that's the most ignorant shit I ever heard in my life. She voted the song down. It became a hit. So after that, negativize is a word. All right. Well, let's get into uh, some more negative negative visions in in, in our uh, uh, news. Negative okay, is so a root word in negative visions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So uh, let's get into this whole uh, juicy Smoulet situation. Jussie Smollett. Oh, um, of course, last week, uh, or maybe he's Jussie Mandela. The way folks are talking about him in regards to this. So, uh, as you know, last year. He was found guilty of five counts of felony disorderly conduct for basically staging and planning a, an attack on himself, uh, paying two conspirators to pull off this attack and then lying to police about it, making a false release police report. Now, last week, last Thursday, he was actually sentenced to 150 days in Cook County Jail. Uh, 30 months probation, as well as paying over $145,000 in fines and restitution to the city of Chicago. But now we get into uh, the little bit of the breaking news that we teased about a little bit. Uh, he was actually just ordered to be released from jail today uh, by a Chicago appeals court. Uh, they agreed with his lawyers they should be released pending the appeal of his conviction for lying to the police about the attack so yeah he is actually getting ready to be released from uh cook county jail as we are speaking right now so i got a lot to say on this shit i have a hell of a lot to say on this shit now first off this had to be the dumbest goddamn stage event in the history of mankind and i don't give a shit if i negativize him and y'all don't like it i don't give a shit because he was 
first of all, you did this shit on the coldest day in American <laughs> history. It literally, like, this is not a joke. This is serious. It was literally negative 22 degrees in Chicago that night. Negative 22. And you want us to believe that two African men was on the street waiting on your ignorant ass to go to the 24-hour subway around the corner. And they just so happened to have bleach and a noose ready for your little ignorant ass. That's what you want. Of this and they had to mega hats and they then you wore the Then you wore the noose home. Like you walked home with the noose on your fucking neck. You go in and call the police and you sat there with the noose on your neck until the police came. God damn it. Who, how dumb you think we is? You know, the hell with rest of America, boy. You is black or at least half black. What the hell you think we thought? As soon as I heard that shit, I said, this whole thing a lie. Nobody believed me. I'm like, this little boy lying. This shit don't make no damn sense. And it came out. Now, y'all have at it, but he got to be the dumbest son of a bitch to ever live. Now, I just wanted to know who is more dumb. the Him for actually staging all of this and believing he's going to get away with it or the people that's capping for him like oh my god like the, so many people have capped for him saying that he's innocent saying that you know the sentence doesn't fit the crime like obviously of course his family's going to say that and of course you know journey uh released a statement in regards to that uh his other brothers his sisters obviously like obviously they're going to cap for them but then you got people like taraji p henson like comparing this whole situation to that of Emmett Till. Taraji, I love you. I love your hair products. Like, your heat protecting is off the chain. But listen. I wasn't mad at Taraji, though. Like, I feel like Taraji, she she made it very political. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 that's too much. Not on my wife. That ain't what we doing. And I will shut this whole podcast. No, I'm saying I'm not mad at her at all. Because I'm like, the way she said it, she worded it like, I'm not here to debate whether he's innocent or guilty or whatever. She was just like, she she just felt like the the punishment was harsh. And I mean, when that's your friend or your your business partner or whatever, she fucking compared him to Emmett Emmett Till. Like, how can you compare? Like, how can you compare the situation where a fourteen-year-old boy, strictly because of racism and hatred, lost his life over nothing? How are you gonna compare that to Jussie, who deliberately lied? He's the liar. Y'all remember, y'all remember like he's on the, the one that staged the y'all remember attack. On the game he's when the one. Tasha Mack compared Malik to Jesus. I want my friends and family to ride for me just like that. Man, <laughs> if y'all, if I'm in a jam, y'all better be like, this nigga was out there. He was an innocent man. He was selling Bibles to the homeless. I, that's what I want y'all to do. Why would I'm you selling. sell Bibles? I'm not saying, I'm not what the hell? I was giving, I was giving them away for free. <laughs> Like, but I like, I get it. Like, it's hard to wait. Why you said EJ to the goop? Who said EJ to the goop? I, I, I would, I would, I know who it is, but it wasn't me. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was, it was, have, it was probably, have, it was probably have, Kevin. It could have been, it, it could have been any three of us, to be honest. It was probably either Kevin or Quez. I know who that is, but um, it's most likely probably Kevin because he's that petty. I don't know, damn, um, but... it wasn't me. <laughs> But, like, I get it. Okay, it's definitely tough to see a loved one in jail. You know, a loved one going through what they're going through for 
a mistake. I get it. But sometimes the delusion has to wear off. And you have to recognize, like, look, I support him. I'm praying for him. That's my friend. He made a mistake. Obviously, he needs to pay for what he did. But he did that shit. Like, he, he did that shit, okay? And, like, everybody, like, just capping for him. Like, Taraji, his family, you know, Jesse Jackson, the NAACP sending letters for him. Uh, the fact that he had his 90-something-year-old grandma on the stand saying don't send him to jail. And uh, you had Torrey, who just did a whole freaking opinion for the griot about, you know, how this doesn't fit the crime. Like, you have to understand, like, yes, he never had a criminal background prior to this one. This is his first offense. Yes, nobody got hurt. Nobody, like, nobody was actual victim. The only thing that was hurt was his ego and his pride and his reputation. But you also have to understand that there were aggravating factors to this and the fact that he took months to plan this. That's an aggravating factor. And the fact that he continued to lie about it, that's an aggravating factor. He committed perjury on the stand. That's an aggravating factor. So when you add up all those aggravating factors, jail time. That's 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 what it is. And it's not like he's going away like to prison for two or three years, which was actually the maximum that he was facing. He got five months in the county jail with good behavior. He could have gotten out in 75 days even less or even less than that. Like he actually got off real, like a little bit above a slap on the wrist considering what he has done. But obviously, you know, now we have the breaking news that he's being released pending an appeal. So, I mean, but are we surprised? I mean, Lucia's been to jail. Cookie been to jail. It's within his family. I mean, Jesus God. Christ beats man. Uh, and then of course, like also like the out. Like the outburst that he had, like as he was being taken away, like I am not suicidal, you know. I'm still innocent. Like that was a page. That wasn't an outburst. That was a goddamn audition monologue. <laughs> I was about to say he need to be. I was about to say give him his uh, freaking Razzie award today though. Like, like seriously, like give him his Razzie, like. Jesus, Devontae Christ. Um, and of course, uh, we in have... In all seriousness, like, it was it was a lot of promise in his career, oddly enough, after Empire, and he kind of, like, threw all that stuff away. Yeah, he, he really... really you know what I mean? Really... Like, a lot of people were looking at him as one of the people who carried that show, in a sense. Absolutely. And... I know a lot of people didn't really watch it in droves, but the people who did watch it were fans of his, and he lost a lot of fans over this. He lost a lot of supporters over this. And all over a meatball sub during the polar vortex. I mean, that's just crazy. Now, I'm just saying footlongs are not that good. was sweet on your chicken teriyaki? Yeah, I heard it was sweet on your chicken teriyaki. Nah. Uh, shut up, EJ. Hey, Jesus well, on, I, definitely a meatball sub. Oh, my God. EJ, that would have made sense because I will kill somebody over that. But keep in mind, if he got so that, that and he got sense. two of them raspberry cheesecake cookies, I'm like, hey, he innocent. Whatever they say he did. <laughs> hey, hey, yo. Him, yo, that's a fact. If y'all don't eat Subway, son. Sweet onion chicken teriyaki Nigga. is the premium fucking sandwich Nigga. and the raspberry Hello? cheesecake cookies. Hello. 
Let Vaughn come on. Like, he did that shit, and that was his order. It's like, bro, let him go. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, bro, look, let hey, look on. at his receipt. You got your receipt? If I see sweet onion chicken, teriyaki, and raspberry cheesecake, I'm like, oh, my bad. It's a misunderstanding. You good, bro? Yeah, watch when you see tuna sub, lock his oh, ass yeah, up. That's all. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh, wait a key. Oh my God. Anyway, before this conversation goes even further to hell, we have a couple members of the audience want to add some commentary, uh, starting with JR and then we go to Daniel as well. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I just got a quick comment. You know, Jesse, it's like, I call the boy can't get right because you lied, you got caught lying, and then you're going to have an outburst. Well, all right. You want to you wanna play stupid games? Goddamn, enjoy the stupid prize, okay? Absolutely. Like, that's, it is what it is. And, Daniel, you want to add to that, bro? Man, he should have just went ahead and played, you know, took the beat deal and went to get jumped in the first place. Especially everybody know you done lied. Man, that don't make no sense, man. Because I know if I got beat up, I wouldn't be taking home a sub sandwich to my house. I'd be going to my house. I mean, his father got people for that. Like, he could have called hey, up Lucius. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let me tell you about this ignorant-ass boy here. This goddamn boy here, you, your ass got caught lying. The whole, everybody involved lied, told the truth, and told on your ass. We all know you lying. The two the two gay boys that you was having sex with and training with, they told on your ass. The goddamn noose turn on, told on your ass. They, everybody told on you. The traffic light told on your ass. The doorman at your fucking building told on you. take your stupid ass to jail. And let me tell you something, black people. Let me tell you why the fuck we can't succeed. Because y'all decide to get behind shit like this that don't make no goddamn sense. None at all. But if a white person did this shit and they let them out, y'all gonna be like, ooh, this is this is a, a white privilege and this is Karen doing what Karen does. Let Juicy ass go to jail. He need to go to jail. He need to sit in jail. He need to think about this shit. Remember when your mama used to put your dumb ass in timeout after she beat your ass and told you to think about the shit you did? That's what he needs. He needs to sit there and think about the shit he did. Because this shit is dumb. And the fact that y'all are taping for his ass is a problem. I got a problem with Denzel Washington, Alfred Woodard, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. The list goes on and on. Let his ass sit in jail. Then he acted stupid enough for the people to let his ass out. Now his ass is out because he acted stupid. Plus, everybody wrote letters. Y'all have sat up here and wrote letters like he got damn OJ. It's fucking ridiculous, man. This little Bruh, I, I, I don't think OJ would be the right person to compare him to at this point. Hey, shout out, shout out to hey, OJ. Hey, it's, 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 it's one extreme or the next. It's somewhere between Emmett Till and OJ. I'm gonna lean more towards OJ. Hey, yo, I'm right. No, but my my they my, some I'm mad at myself for trying to even understand the story initially because I'm thinking like, damn, can you get fingerprints off a noose? And the answer is no, you can't. You can't get fingerprints off a noose. And that was his logic for keeping it around him. I've watched wrestling when they use rope as a prop, and the wrestler that has the rope around his neck fake comes to. 
he takes the noose off of his, his neck. So I don't see why he walked all the way back to the hotel with the noose on. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's move on from uh, the story about Juicy Mandela. Um, let's talk about Eminem, though. Yeah, because uh, next week he'll be selling nooses as NFTs. Oh, my God. And on that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Kevin that. has officially entered the chat. That's a nasty NFT. Everybody show your love. Anyway, now, uh, as a NFT. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, well, we got to say congratulations uh, to Detroit's own Eminem. As NME has reported that he has broken the record for the most gold and platinum singles certified by the RIAA, the Recording Industry Association of America. Uh, they made the they, they made the announcement last week. Uh, Eminem now has 166 million single certifications and 61.5 million album certifications after being awarded 73.5 million new units, most likely as a result of his performance during the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, so that means that he has now uh, beaten the record set by Drake. Uh, he previously held the record with 163.5 million certifications. And right behind Drake is Rihanna, who has 151.5 million certifications. So I uh, got to give a shout out to Eminem on that. He is also one of only seven artists to have three or more Diamond certified albums. And of course, Diamond status means over 10 million units sold. So uh, he has... Um, so basically, he's joined by Garth Brooks, who has nine Diamond albums, The Beatles with six, Led Zeppelin with five, and uh, The Eagles, Shania Twain, and Whitney Houston, who all have three Diamond albums each. Damn. Damn, I, damn, damn. I just want to say, as a rap fan and as a Detroiter, that honestly, I didn't contribute to any of those sales. Hilarious. I actually did a little bit. I'm not even going to lie. I actually did to it. Like... I have to give, you know, the props where the props is due. Like, Eminem may not be my cup of tea, you know, per se. My cup of tea, my cup of pink lemonade. But you have to admit, like, he did have a huge impact on, you know, the culture for sure. And he's, like, I got to give him his props for being, like, a true student of hip-hop. I, don't know so. I will tell you this. On the culture, but he had an impact on the music and the Yes, he did, Ethan. And I'm going to tell not you how he had an impact on the I'll tell you how he had an impact on the culture. He basically saved Dr. Dre. After leaving Death Row with nothing, people forget that the first few projects from Aftermath were flops. Eminem actually took, like, Dr. Dre. <laughs> he had a project uh, that was right after uh, leaving Death Row. That flopped. And then he did The Firm, which was not as successful as he thought it should be. Uh, after working with Eminem, he got out of the red, basically, working with Eminem. So that was like the resurgence of not only Aftermath, but of course, Dr. Dre's production career. He actually released The Chronic 2001 in 99, the same year with uh, Eminem. So that was a big year for Dr. Dre and Aftermath. And Eminem was a part of that uh, contribution. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it looks like 
you are definitely right. Like his first release was a uh, Dr. Dre presents the aftermath, which came out in 96 and that was certified platinum. Um, but it didn't do too well. And then of course the firm album came out in 97. Of course, I believe that's the project with Nas and Foxy, Foxy, Foxy Brown and AZ, but then yeah, Eminem was like their first big hit. Cause I'm looking at it right now. Slim Shady LP is four times platinum. And then you have Marshall Mathers LP, which is Diamond, Eminem show Diamond. And then after that, it went up from there with, you know, with 50 Cent, with the game, with Busta Rhymes at one point. So, yeah, you definitely. And then now Kendrick Lamar as well and Anderson Pack. So definitely Eminem definitely set the tone for Aftermath for sure. And it's still like he's still like the biggest selling artist on that label. So you definitely got to give him. Give him his props and, and for I sure. Mean, I think, like, what Beat said is true, but I don't know if that's necessarily the culture. I feel like that's just reviving Dr. Dre as a as a musician. Like, the culture itself, I don't know. And like I said, for the longest, uh, Eminem was in my top five. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Nah, he's definitely shifted the culture as far as, you know, the, like, you were thinking like at the 90s, okay? Like mid to late 90s. That's where like the majority of mainstream music that's being put out there, that was like the bubblegum, you know, like the bubblegum, like pop records, like the Backstreet Boys and Sing Britney Spears and all that. And then Eminem comes through and pretty much rang out like an earthquake in the midst of that whole TRL movement and everything. And also helped, you know, put Detroit back on the map in a sense as well because you know with you know the under because he came mostly from the battle rapping underground of Detroit you know with the hip-hop shop you know we're proofing all of them God rest his soul so when Eminem came through like not only was he a hit with hip-hop fans but he also helped bring Detroit hip-hop back into the mainstream and appealing to white audiences as well because the only other person coming out of Detroit was Kid Rock and we know he ain't from Detroit now when i say i didn't contribute that didn't mean like i didn't like Eminem or did listen to him it's just that between i would say 97 and 2005 i stole a lot of music so i didn't contribute to those numbers and also you have allegedly and you also understand that beats has like the music taste of a 50 year old so he was probably listening to more like don't judge me because beans and cornbread still rings off in my household you was listening to d12 i mean you won't listen to d12 (laughs) like he was listening to the freaking uh elgins anyway Anyway, well, let's get into uh, going from Eminem, who, by the way, is also up for a nomination for the Class of 22 for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, He's actually currently in the top five of the fan vote right now. So in case you want to, you know, cash a vote, you can do do so. Vote.rockhall.com. He's currently in second place in the fan vote behind Duran Duran. So obviously, you know, he's definitely, you know, made an impact enough to be considered. But going from Eminem to another uh, nominee for this year's class, or shall we say X nominee, uh, country music superstar, music legend Dolly Parton. She made a shocking announcement earlier this week uh, by announcing that she is actually turning down her nomination for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, you know. If it was up to us, if there was one person that definitely deserves to be up there, it's definitely Dolly Parton. But she decided, 
you know, to pretty much turn down the nomination. And her answer is the most Dolly Parton-esque answer I have ever heard in my entire life. Basically, she feels that she doesn't she doesn't deserve the honor as of yet uh, because she doesn't really consider herself to be a quote unquote rock and roll artist. So uh, this is her uh, announcement that she posted on her social media saying, uh, even though I'm extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel that I have earned that right. I really do not want votes to be split because of me, so I must respectfully bow out. I do hope that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will understand and be willing to consider me again if I'm ever worthy. This has, however, inspired me to put out a hopefully great rock and roll album at some point in the future, which I have always wanted to do. My husband is a total rock and roll freak and has always encouraged me to do one. I wish all the nominees good luck and thank you again for the compliment. Rock on, Dolly. Imagine that Dolly Parton herself says that she is not worthy of induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. First of all, what? Second of all, like, it just makes me love her even more. Like, seriously, because, like, even, like, a legend as she is, like, she, like, like, Now, she is inducted in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Um, Also, she's been... um, Grammy Award winner 11 times, 50 nominations. Um, it's just the stigma of rock and roll. I don't think it's the same because you have rappers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You have country artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'm not sure if she thinks it's just for rock and roll artists, but if she says she don't deserve it, then, I mean, I would respectfully disagree with her uh, catalog, but it's her wishes. You know what's yeah. crazy is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame never started out as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like the first class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had rock and roll guys, it had soul guys, it had gospel guys. It was never just the Rock right, and Roll Hall right. of Fame, which is why I never understood why it's always called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it didn't even start off that way. I get that's the title that they wanted, but you didn't even start off that way. So it was kind of weird. Um, but I think that people on clubhouse um specifically and a lot of social media platforms need to take a class in dolly parton humbleness and etiquette um this woman that has accomplished all that she's accomplished is saying that she doesn't deserve that but i have people arguing me up and down that a tribe called quest deserves it over fucking pat benatar and lana richie but i'm gonna be quiet though and mind my business now, I mean, you got to understand that it kind of goes into like the back and forth argument that's been, you know, happening for a while, at least for like the past, you know, 10, 20 years where you have several, you know, fans and several artists as well. Looking at you, uh, Gene Simmons of Kiss, uh, who believe that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be only stricted to those within the quote unquote genre of rock and roll and you see it every single year like where you have you know artists who are not necessarily rock artists get inducted especially not gonna lie among the hip-hop folks you know like Tupac like Biggie like you know Grandmaster Flash and Run DMC and especially NWA you know people being up in arms like wait a minute they're not like they're not rock and roll and yada, yada, yada. they haven't picked up a guitar in their life first and foremost jay-z did pick up a guitar but that's a different story um but anyway like it's more so like rock and roll it's it's kind of an interesting concept because rock and roll embodies 
several other genres, you know, like rock and roll has influences, you know, in soul music, influences in gospel, in ragtime, in jazz, in electro, in soul music, in hip hop. And it got to the point where like a lot of people just consider rock and roll to be an attitude, to be a concept, basically representing the spirit of shaking the foundation of mainstream music and being a disruption in music that has changed that's changed music sonically. I just want to say, so, uh, yeah, Dolly Parton, she cool and all, but she ain't got them banging beats like a tribe called Quest got. So I don't know. I got I to gotta weigh out my options. Hey, whoever sent him to the group, send him again. <laughs> right. Like, no, don't send him again because he has our background music. Um, that's, my, that's my only but, I'm queuing up now. <laughs> okay, it's true. Dolly Parton does not have an electric relaxation, right. but Tribe definitely does not have a Jolene, okay? Or, or Let, let's get it. I will always love you. We'll always love you. Thank that you. Was number one twice. Like nine to five. Like, like I'm just saying. Um, but yeah. Hey, so. hey, nine to five probably killing stir it up in a uh, battle. <laughs> Man, don't give, no don't give EJ those those eight those eighties uh, montage uh, songs. That that's. Top tier right there. Dolly, Man, Dolly don't, give, don't, got, don't give she ain't EJ. Got no Bonita Apple bum. She got a Bonita Apple front. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. Okay, now got, we can. Now we can definitely send the stream. She got islands in the stream. Yep, there you go. Like, and like as far as her attitude as being like a disruptor in music, like Dolly Parton is rock and roll with all due respect. Okay, so she definitely deserves her flowers. I think it's definitely sad that she thinks that she's not worthy of induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But at the same time, I respect her decision. And like I said, you know, I love her more because it just shows and attests to how humble she is. Like a legend, like among legends. And she still remains that humility that a lot of people can learn from. So shout out to Dolly Parton. All right, you're okay in my book. Now and forever, all right? And let's not give EJ any more ideas because uh, he was in a battle on Clubhouse last night and I'm still dying <laughs> in regards hey, to Hey, it. listen. I just I just put in the chat a Twitter poll. Dolly Parton 9 to 5 versus Patti LaBelle stirred up. And, and we're about to schedule Dolly Parton versus a Tribe Called Quest battle in OAC, so y'all be on the lookout. Not, no, we are never doing that, all right? Okay, so uh, gone, going from someone with too much humility to someone with not enough. Let's talk about Kanye West, all right? Now, Kanye, of course, he put out Donda 2. He put it out on his own platform, uh, which is the STEM player. And, of course, you know, good for him because, you know, he definitely made some money off of that. However, you know, it, it comes with a little bit of like a little bit of a, a downside to it because uh, it will not be eligible for the billboard charts or for RIAA certification. And the reason why is because considering the fact that he sold it on his own stem player, basically it violates billboards merchandise bundle policy, uh, policy which means that, you know, albums that are sold with merchandise which of course the stem player definitely is, is eligible to be counted on the charts and it will be ineligible to be counted uh, for certification like gold, platinum, diamond or anything. Now, 
<sighs> now Kanye, of course, sees this as a win because he's saying, "Ha, I beat the system." But knowing him being Paige, a bipolar, this week, he's he's happy about it this week. Next, next week is gonna week, be a different story. Be <laughs> yeah, he'll be pissed next week. Like, why am Stay I nominated tuned. for Grammys? Because, bitch, <laughs> like, I'm getting about sick of Kanye's ass. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting sick of. Oh, you've been sick of Kanye. Okay, well, excuse me. Sick of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're actually absolutely right because, like. He's he's unraveling. Let's let's be real. He is definitely unraveling to where he's be pretty much beefing with everybody. Like the crazy, the the crazy thing, the crazy thing about it is Kanye's ego is big enough that it really doesn't matter because he will release the project on CD, cassette, vinyl, and just buy a million copies himself and get the certification right. if it really means that much to him. That's how big his ego is. So technically, it really doesn't even matter. They're just, the people that's doing it are actually doing it so that they can get the type of publicity that Kanye gets on his own right now. Like, it doesn't matter to him. It's not that important. You, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Because he can literally go out, like, he can buy a million copies of his project on any medium and it not even hurt his bank account in any shape, form, or fashion. And they could not deny him the certification. He's going to buy a billion skillion copies. Not a billion skillion. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, of course, you know, he is also in the midst of this whole battle in regards to. Uh, to Kim Kardashian, you know, they were recently declared legally single in court uh, while they're still, you know, working out, you know, the financial and custody situations with uh, with a divorce. So but as of right now, he's legally he's legally single and he has been continuing his mission to make Kim and everybody who supports her lives a living who, hell. Who, who um, so. Uh, in this case, no, I do. No, no, I'm asking. What's say, I want you to say some people's names specifically. Well, we're talking about Pete <laughs> Davidson. We're talking about EJ. I'm gonna send you back to the goo in a second. His name is Skeet like, I'm Davidson. Gonna... Stop it, Jesus Christ! But yeah, apparently, like he's been going back and forth, like with Kim and with Pete, and now with DL Hughley, who is the last person you definitely want to cap on. All right, so basically. You know, with this whole DL situation, DL made some comments uh, in a recent interview with Vlad TV. And basically, you know, he called it like it is. He's saying that Kanye is a stalker and that, you know, if he didn't have money on him, that he would be basically a lane and no one would give him a blind eye. Like, so basically Kanye went off on him, like all the way off on him uh, to the point where he said, you know, that he was calling, you know, DL a cornball, um, and that he actually threatened him. He actually threatened him, saying, I have enough money to hurt you. Um, calling him a drug addict. The threatening part, that was a bad move on his part. Absolutely. And he said he released his address, address too. That was trust and yeah, believe. Yeah, he released his address. Yeah. Trust and believe. That was not a good thing on his part. And unfortunately, it's like I say all the time. It's things like that that cause innocent people that don't have nothing to do with this industry bullshit to lose their lives. Because just like Kanye has his, say, street connects or what have you, 
you're talking about someone who before comedy was really, really, really with the business. Exactly. And he was originally from exactly. Virginia. That so is not a good thing. So name. now what you're doing, so now what you're doing is you're creating an atmosphere that becomes a problem with people on the streets because DL's homeboys are not going to take kindly to that. And of course, when Kanye speaks, he's speaking from the people that he's able to go to, which we all know who those people are. So it's just, that's one of the things that I hate these days about this industry is because industry bullshit finds its way to the streets. Absolutely. And now, of course, D.O., not only being about that life for real, he's also a king of comedy, and he got to start with capping folks randomly in the audience. Now, you know, if you're going to cap somebody, the last person you want to cap on is a person who has literally made a living for decades capping on people. Because that's exactly what DL did. Uh, he said, he took the Twitter, hmm, ain't it weird that Kanye supposedly had all these goons who would kill for him, but not one of them will get his prescriptions filled. Here's a thought while you're on your way to kill me in Calabasas. How about somebody drop by CVS and pick up his Xanax? He went on to say, ain't no way in hell. Wait. I, 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 can I all over those jokes, uh, Paige. Yeah, you can't, you can't. <laughs> This is this is this is like somebody re reciting delirious, and you're just you're just stepping all over this with great material. All right, well, my bad, my bad. I'll slow, I'll slow it. Page, this the one right here. He, I want to read it. Well, read it right. Like you gotta do it. Okay, I am, I am, I am. All right, so he went on to say, ain't no way in hell I'd ever be scared of a dude who wears I know what you did last summer boots. Now, you remember the movie <laughs> with the hook? And, and that's true, too. And this is the gold one here. Kanye, it's just too bad that you're acting like a nut. Won't stop Pete from busting one. Drop the clue bomb for there DL. You <laughs> there you go. Drop the, drop the there clue you bomb. go. You was reading like a Joe Biden speech first. There you go. That's how you deliver a DL joke, because you was walking through them. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Just, just the cruising. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Kanye was heckling. Like, in a comedy stage, a comedian lives for a heckler. Because if the jokes ain't working, I got some comebacks for your ass if you start talking. And they pray that somebody in the audience say something to get them out of their funk. So... DL's not the person because I remember the first season of Comic View and all he did was talk about the audience. Actually, on Kings of Comedy, he talked about the audience to close the show. So, yeah, Kanye, this is this is him barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, DL no. did that shit so much that DL used to get to the end of his set and say, "Y'all know what fucking time." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Before he did that no, political he did, shit, not- he was all over over the people. Like, hey. Let me look look around the crowd. This that school. Uh, he came from the Robin Harris school of uh, bagging on people. There it is. And you know what? I'm not done. I'm not even done because today Kanye decided to get on that bullshit again and try to come for him once again on Instagram. He actually posted a photo of DL, you know, wearing you know the camo jacket, you know, with the fedora hat and everything with the with the wide brim, and said, "This grown ass man picked this outfit out himself. Is he influential or under the influence?" And then in another post, Ye wrote, funny thing is, we'll probably end up being friends. I used to defend this nigga back when he had work. Like, nah, well, he had work. He never stopped having work, Kanye. 
Uh, like, nah, he funny. You just got to watch it one trillion more times to get it. So Kanye tried to start on his ass again. Hey, Ka- can I say this one? I, this one I need to read. This was my joke. This shit had me laughing for fucking 30 minutes straight. Like, I was dying. DL went to Twitter and DL said, Kanye, how dare you talk about the way somebody dresses? Look at you. Look at your ass. All those people in your head, and not one of them got a Macy's fault. <laughs> Man, that's not even the best one. He said this. Now, Kanye, when you had to explain my jokes, to, when you say you had to explain my jokes to people, are these real people or the ones you keep in your head? And they went on to say, yay is at it again, huh? Well, at least I wasn't crying on the phone about how big Pete's Peter is. If you want to back instead of acting up, why don't you try doing some dick ups? Drop a clues bomb for that. And then he I'm said, this is another one. Oh, this one. <laughs> no, but this is the one that this is the one that got me here. Kanye, do you know how horrible you gotta be to make a Kardashian date a white man? That's a great point. <laughs> I never thought of that. I thought about that yesterday. I'm like, yo, oh. this is probably the first like real white man that she's really been with. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, Kanye went at Pete again because, you know, he posted that video, you know, talking about, you know, how Pete saying he was in bed with my wife and everything. Well, apparently, you know, he went on to this video rant talking about he reached out to multiple friends uh, with Tory Lanez, of all people, giving him the best advice. I I, I don't get that, but that's a different story. Anyway, uh, Pete's homie... uh, Pete Tommy actually posted some text messages that Pete sent to Kanye. Like, this is crazy here. So here's the conversation saying, yo, is Skeet. So he acknowledges that's his name. <laughs> hey, it's a badge of honor at this point. <laughs> like, he's, he said, can you please take a second and calm down? It's 8 a.m. and it don't got to be like this. Kim is literally the best mother I've ever met. What she does for those kids is amazing. And you are so fucking lucky that she's your kid's mom. I've decided I'm not going to let you treat us this way anymore. And I'm done being quiet. Grow the fuck up. Kanye responds, oh, you using profanity. Where are you right now? Pete responded, in bed with your wife. He just, posted, his, he just left himself open for that one. Right. And, post, he just, and posted he just a set that one up for Pete. And posted a selfie, you know, with a peace sign in bed. And Kanye responded, Oh, happy you see you're out of the hospital and rehab. And then Pete says, Same here. It's wonders what those places do when you go get help. You should try it. I'm in LA for the day if you want to stop being a little internet bitch boy and talk. And then he went on to say, uh, Let me see. You don't scare me, bro. Your actions are so pussy and embarrassing. It's so sad to watch you ruin your legacy on the daily. Kanye responds, you're more than welcome to come to Sunday service. You know, that's his concert, you know. And then Pete straight up said, why don't we meet after Sunday service and the Saints game? I'll be at the Beverly Hills Hotel. We can have food, talk it out in my room, privately, one-on-one, man-to-man. What you are doing to your family is dangerous and going to scar them for life. Please handle these matters privately, bro. I beg you. Kanye once again responds, you want to see me come to Sunday service? That's when Pete responds, 
This isn't public, dude. I'm not here for pictures and press, which is obviously all you care about. My offer stands. I wish you man up for once in your life. Let me help you, man. I struggle with mental health stuff too, so it's not an easy journey. You don't have to feel this way anymore. There's no shame in having a little help. You'll be so happy and at peace. You have no idea how nice I've been to you, despite your actions toward me. And then he went on with the flex here. I've stopped SNL, Saturday Night Live, from talking about or making fun of you, which they've wanted to do for months. He gave him enough material. I've stopped stand-up comedians from doing bits about you because I don't want the father of my girl's kids to look bad out there. I have your back even though you treat me like shit because I want everything to be smooth. But if you continue to press me like you have for the past six months, I'm going to stop being nice. So there it is. But there's some good news, I, though. Um, I didn't know you were going to read the whole text message thread. I felt like the people that be on Facebook read the comments going back and forth. That's what the fuck I just felt like. I was like, ooh, what did <laughs> say next? What she say? Woo! All right, but now we got uh, some breaking news, though. This came uh, about a couple minutes ago. Because it looks like Kanye is going to stop with the social media. And that's because his Instagram page is officially suspended. Clap one time for his page being suspended. Like, this just happened. Who's clapping for that? This has well, been highly that is, that is horrible. I don't even follow. Yeah, because not only... How are we going to keep up with the daily news? No, but here's the reason. The reason why his page got suspended wasn't because of the Pete situation, wasn't because of the Kim situation or the DL thing. Apparently, he got into it with another person. Uh, that would be Trevor Noah, who is the uh, host of The Daily Show. So he posted uh, the photo of the comedian and flipped the lyrics to Kumbaya, my lord, and actually flipped it to call Trevor a racial slur. What, cool? Yep. Yep, so that's what it is. That's that's what I mean, Iran. Yeah, like that was the first thing that came yeah, to get it in my head. Like, yeah, yeah so as a result Isn't that the lyric? No, it's K U M by I. Oh. Never knew that. Now you know. Yeah, so as a result, Instagram Oh my god, where are we? Yeah, so as a result, uh, Instagram snatched the post and Kanye's page has been suspended for 24 hours uh, due to him violating Meta's community guidelines on hate speech, harassment, and bullying. So that means for the next day, uh, Kanye will not be able to post, comment, or send direct messages to other users on the platform. And should the violations continue, they are willing to take further action. Yeah, because I see the page is still up. I guess he's just inactive. Yeah, he's, he's just locked out from his account right now. Oh, okay. That's... I remember those days on Facebook being in Facebook jail. Like, mm-hmm. I got, I'm gonna tell y'all what I got put in Facebook jail for. This is the dumbest thing ever. So, a young lady had a post that said, What are you doing? I put the gif of Rocky hitting meat in the locker room, and they oh just my took God. my shit down. So, that was supposed to be beating yes, my meat. Got it. Ridiculous, ridiculous. And I got I'm put in Facebook yeah. jail for that. That was crazy. On dick. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. So Kanye will be back approximately around 8 p.m. tomorrow. I will set a reminder on my phone. That you think he was bad before? <laughs> Wait till he come back. 
he gonna be like out of jail fresh out of bail well, I said it wrong <laughs> the other way around yeah right. <laughs> All right. Well, moving away from the Kanye situation, now we're going into our girl Ari Lennox, which of course, Quez, you're familiar with. I'm very familiar with. Um, I'm not familiar with Beats, no, you're not. not. Not as familiar as you want to be, Beats. Anyway, uh, you know, Ari is working on her sophomore album, and uh, she actually announced uh, this week that she has cut ties with her management team, Black Wax, who has actually represented her uh, for a decade. Uh, now, a spokesperson shared a statement uh, confirming her decision, uh, saying Ari and her management team, Black Wax, amicably decided to part ways. Uh, Lennox first signed with the company in 2012. She still considers them family and is beyond thankful for the business ventures and memories. Uh, she's currently working on her sophomore album and is excited for the future endeavors that are in store for her. Now, at this time, um, Rated R&B said that, you know, she is currently self-management, self-managing herself and uh, is possibly open to seeking new management as well so uh let me get beats and ej and kevin's response in regards hey, to listen, this listen i support my think? woman with all her endeavors nigga he don't know she don't know you cut it stop it you gotta stop with this malarkey i support her with every decision she makes she's a smart young lady very talented and i believe this is going in a positive direction now, EJ, of course, you're the the resident Dreamville fan. So, uh, how you think about this? Yeah, I think this is definitely a step forward because um, with Ari, yeah, she's definitely an amazing talent. Um, but with her management, from what I've seen, you know, they they could have done more, you know, to help her to help out a little bit because she's still like on the verge of her breakthrough. I think with the pressure record, like she's right there, like getting ready to be big. And, you know, it's getting to the point where, you know what? She has to have the right management team to take her, take her to the next level. So that's what I think about that. Kevin, you want to add your thoughts on this? He's busy. All right. So we're going to get to Quez. Now, of course, you know, Quez, you have been working with her uh, for quite a bit, uh, for quite some time, you know, helping with, you know, this whole revamp. So definitely want to get your opinions on this. All right. Uh, EJ, where's the breaking news uh, thing? Make the breaking news noise. Where, where's that sound? I, I got to look that up. There's breaking news okay, noise? look it up. Breaking news. Yeah, I, I need breaking news noise because when we originally came up with the run of the show, I said I wasn't going to say shit. I was going to make one statement. And that was going to be it. But I've changed my mind. Because oh, boy. I don't like the fact that you read an incorrect article. Um, I don't know who gave Rated R&B that uh, press release. The original press release, if you guys paid attention, was from the Jasmine brand. Now, right. those of y'all that are on this podcast with me, y'all know that Jasmine has been my girl since what kev 2008 2009 um so a lot of things that i do i run it through the jasmine brand first because i always look out for my people um, hold on quiz hold on what is going on <laughs> i love it i love it all right all right all right breaking news breaking coming news. from quest yeah so 
here's the thing. For those of y'all that know, I started working with Ari in July. Um, was part of, um, we decided to come up with a co-managing strategy between Justin Lamar, who is the head of Black Wax, and uh, myself. There was a plan for us to co-manage and to get her to where she needs to be. Um, with that being said, that partnership created the single Pressure, uh, which was written by Ari, along with Jermaine Dupree, Brian McCox, and a young lady that I am currently using on some of my other clients named Jalen. All right. Um, so Pressure came out. We did a whole revamp of her image. Everything's great. What you've seen over the last eight months has been a collaborative effort, or seven months, has been a collaborative effort between uh, quite a few of us, Black Wax, Quez Entertainment, as well as Ari Lennox and her vision. A um, couple of things transpired and uh, some things got shifted around. Uh, what I can tell y'all is Quest still has a job. And I think that mm-hmm. uh, Paige, I didn't send, I sent you the right article. You went and found your own article. <laughs> that added stuff to it she's not self-managed she is i kind of figured i want i was hoping you were going to clear that up because correct i well, i wasn't going to say anything because that was what we agreed on i wasn't going to say anything but you went and found your own article i sent you the right article uh, <laughs> look out of the 50 million posts like look listen, now is not a time to defend yourself okay all right thank you i know he, uh, he ain't trying uh, to shut me up i'll boom this damn room no, right now <laughs> Um, but no um, so she is still rep by Quest Entertainment she's not looking for new management she has management which is me Um, so the original story that we sent out to the Jasmine brand was this is the direction she's going in Justin Lamoth and Black Wax is no longer associated with her however um, we still are friends we still get along he has uh, Mayor Capella and a couple other artists that I'll be assisting him with and he's still family and it is what it is but Ari is not out here solo by herself she's not out here in the wilderness uh (laughs) searching for uh anything or anybody um I'm still repping her it's just that Justin is gone which was um part of the this was part of a transitional period anyway it just happened at a inconvenient time it definitely messed with the timeline of what we had going on and uh, everything that we're doing now with her sophomore album that we're getting ready to release, as well as an EP that we're getting ready to release, as well as her headlining two weekends at Coachella and headlining Broccoli City Fest and the Wireless Fest in London. So a little bit premature, but that's how this business goes sometimes. So So basically all you're saying is that you need to holler at Rated R&B for putting out that wrong story. No, I don't. That's what you... perfect. That's great. I like the fact that they did. That's absolutely perfect because it keeps it keeps everything on track of where we are. Um, the real story is with the Jasmine brand. So if you guys want the real story, go to the Jasmine brand and you'll get it. Um, you'll have to read between the lines. But for those of you who know me, you know how I talk. So you know exactly what I'm saying um, in that because the spokesperson in that story is somebody that you guys know well. So. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into uh, Ari Lennox's uh, chart top and joint right here. This is Pressure right here on WOAC Radio. Pressure. Pressure. Ooh. 
it when you in it, plot it. Love upon it, live alone, leave it. Jump up on this. I guess that's why you like it, baby. Come and give this. Takes a lot to inside me, baby. Give it all you got. I'm a tough cookie, baby. Get the right side. Are you texting me? You know I won't reply. Why you ain't fuck with me when I wasn't this fly? Now I'm on top and now I'm riding sky high. Don't need nobody, but I'll take you down tonight. And now I'm okay with being nasty. Too fucking hot for all these clothes anyway. My body dripping, boy, but you gon' act away. But when you get it, lick it like a candy cane. Your eyes on me, eyes on me apply. Get it, don't be timid when you win it, fly. Love a bum, live alone and leave it. Say, I don't want no drip, baby, spray it like it's ready. Jump up on this. I guess that's why you like it, baby. Come and get this. Takes a lot to inside me, baby. Give it all you got. I'm a tough cookie, baby. Get the rice. All right. So this is WOAC Radio. Real topics, real conversation with real people. Paige B here, of course, with the squad. Quez beats EJ, Kevin. EJ, of course, is on a uh, very, very tight rope, apparently, on the show. Um, but let's get into some getting into some more uh, stories right here. Now, of course, uh, making the band have been uh, kind of, you know, trending a little bit recently. And that is, of course, due to, uh, you know, the uh, behind the scenes drama, you know, with Diddy and whether or not, you know, he screwed you know, he screwed his uh, artist over. Um, I know Freddie P, who is actually a part of the uh, first, uh, well, the second season of Making the Band. Uh, he was the part of the rap R&B group, The Band. Uh, he actually spoke out in a recent interview um, about, you know, his experience on the show and that it actually, you know, led to him, you know, going through a dark, a dark time in his life. So, uh, EJ, I believe you actually have the clip uh, from from that interview. Do you have that as of right now? I can pull it up. I have another clip. Got you, got no, you. that's not one of the clips that was supposed to be played. Okay, um, got you. Yeah, but... no, that's not one of the clips that was supposed to be played. So essentially what they're complaining about is they didn't make a lot of money. He didn't do anything to facilitate these groups staying together and weathering the storm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that. And my opinion on that is, is he's not supposed to. Um, manufactured groups never last. Whenever somebody puts a group together, it doesn't last because that chemistry isn't there. That camaraderie isn't there. That foundation of friendship isn't there. Right. So when you put a group together, it never lasts from the beginning of the time all the way until now. The temptations of excuse me, the Temptations, Shalimar, all of those groups, Climax, they never last because you can't put a group together. That friendship, that foundation, that level of trust has to be there to weather the storms of the entertainment industry. And if it's not there, the group will implode. Right, absolutely. And you know, like it's a reality show. So obviously, you know, it will be a little bit different. Of course, you get a lot more exposure because of the fact that it is on television, but it's still 
the music business as usual. You know, it's unfortunate that he had a rough patch, you know, after, you know, the whole experience and everything. But it is what it is um, at this point. And I believe uh, Willie Taylor from Day 26 had like similar sentiments uh, during, you know, his time on the show because, you know, he was on Making the Band 4. Uh, that was with uh, both Day 26 and Danny D. Kane. Um, basically, it all boils down to, you know, expectations versus reality when it comes to shows like this, like shows like Making the Band, shows like American Idol, uh, like all those shows, like thinking well, that this Willie's, was... Willie's complaint was more so about the boot camp aspect of it. Gotcha. Um, he was more upset, and I can't believe I'm taking up um hey we are recording bro <laughs> yo that's completely fine i fucked up all day today so this is a great episode um willie is complaining because it's the boot camp aspect the fact that he had them running outside in negative five degree weather the fact that they had to walk to get cheesecakes the fact that he would wake them up randomly at two o'clock in the morning and make them do a singing battle he hated all of that but that's also part of the process of becoming a great artist because what they don't see when they get to the other side and this is why so many of these artists cry and complain on twitter and on instagram and y'all cape form is because they're not ready for the real aspects of this business you know um if you go and do the tom joiner morning show well he's gone now but steve harvey show if he does a live taping like he does at the essence festival or like he does for the Hampton Jazz Festival, you gotta be there at five in the morning and you gotta sing at six. Like that's what this industry is. If you right. go to Japan and do some shows in Japan, when you first land in Japan, it's 10 o'clock in the morning there, but your body is on two o'clock because that's what your time is at home. You gotta get on the radio station to do an interview. That's how this goes. But people see the glitz and glamor of it and they don't like it. And this is like, today must be like, the heavens must be opening up or I'm getting ready to die, one or two. Uh, because now I'm about to take up for Diddy. Because- <laughs> Oh boy. Diddy take just was drink. getting you ready. <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> this nigga done said, check your drink, Jesus Christ. Like as if yeah, he's not in the house I by himself. I've taken up for Willie. Well, I'm not alone. That's number one. But I've taken up for Willie and Diddy in this because Diddy, what he did was he was getting them ready for the rigorous life that this industry is. It's not easy. Y'all see the glitz and glamour and think it's fucking easy. This shit is hard, which is why only 1% of the motherfuckers make it through because this is a hard business. It's not easy. I take this. No, go ahead, Quest. Once you're done, I want to say something. Okay. For those of y'all that tune into the podcast, and even for those of y'all that rock with us on Clubhouse, you pretty much know me and Kevin's story. We've done this our whole lives. And we have days when we can't do it. Like, we, I would call Kev, Kev would call me and be like, yo, I am, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I've told y'all about artists that I've left them in certain cities because I'm like, I'm not dealing with you no more. I can't do this. This industry is hard. It's not easy. And Diddy did what I thought on making a band. He did a great job of getting them prepared for what this industry is. Now, of course, when you're making music, nobody's going to have you walk, you know, five miles to go get Junius, right? That, that's not a thing. 
But what it is is it prepares you mentally to go the extra mile when you're already doing something that's important anyway. It's a lot of the stuff that they went through was metaphor. The whole waking them up at two o'clock in the morning to do a battle, a singing battle, that was a metaphor of while you're sleeping, there's somebody out there working to take your spot. So message. that's the metaphor that did That's was, a message, yeah. Yeah, he was putting them through that. And it's always the criticism from the people that didn't make it. You you never really hear people criticize when they didn't make it because they understood what those early lessons were for. Now the whole them not getting paid, I ain't got nothing to do with it. That seems to be a common practice over there, bad boy in Loveland. That's a common practice over there. So I don't have anything to say on that. With the band, I could say, yo, you only had one hit. Let's not take this too far. Hey, that album, what? that album and, was and the thing what? about it, it and the thing and the thing about it is first and foremost let's 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 start here how long have you guys been away from diddy let's let's start there you've been away from diddy forever and you haven't been able to do what you needed to do as a group. over 15 years so so exactly so that's not Diddy Smart. I don't care what nobody says, what nobody thinks, and nobody believes. That's your fault as a group. We watched y'all on national television be basically fucked up people as a whole, collectively. Not, I'm not speaking of one individual, but collectively as a group. Whether you guys was with Diddy, Quincy Jones, whoever, you guys didn't have what it took mentally personality-wise or any of the other things that would have kept you together as a group and continue to thrive in this industry. That's the first thing. The second thing, why is this even a conversation? Because people care about Diddy. They don't care about Day 26. It wouldn't be a story if you hadn't had something to say about somebody that is relevant in some capacity, which is Diddy. Uh, um, um. Now I'm gonna keep my bias out of it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, gonna keep my, I'm gonna clearly keep my bias out of it. But um, yeah, let's go with uh, Donna Rawlings because it's kind of like a you know similar situation. Um, basically, he went on um, an interview where he talked about his time on the Chappelle Show. Um, he basically revealed that you know he wasn't getting paid as much uh, for the show, but he understood the game. He understood that you know the situation is what it is, and with the Chappelle Show being like such a huge hit you know kind of took it for what it is so what were your thoughts on that y'all i can see in negotiation with the first season it was kind of like a test run it wasn't as successful well it was successful but it wasn't deemed as being a short thing uh with the first season of Chappelle show so for the amount money that he got and not being uh uh center point of the show it seemed like it wasn't really out of the ordinary i would like to see what like bill burr and charlie murphy and uh, i think patrice o'neill was even a part of the first season i would like to see what they actually got as well you know yeah um uh, it, I, I feel like it, it kind of makes sense because i mean dave even talked about it in his little mini special thing that he was just talking about he was 28 and didn't necessarily know what he was getting himself into. He just knew somebody offered him a check and a great opportunity, so he signed it. So now when the 
uh, Chappelle show gets on Netflix and he's just like, I don't want anybody to watch it. We're going to boycott it until they can put it in my name and stuff. Um, I, uh, from what I heard of it, I didn't actually hear the actual clip, but I heard like rumblings and speaking of it. It didn't seem like he was bitter about Dave or the show per se. It just felt like he was just like, yeah, it was my entry into the game. Um, but I mean, I, I get it. Uh, it, it. I don't really know what else to say about it. I get it. So in the interview, it was the guys that was interviewing him that were outraged. They were like, that doesn't make any sense. How was that? And and Donnell explained it the best way possible, which is the same way Beach just did. This was a test run. We didn't know. Isn't it only like three seasons of Chappelle's show? Or it's it two, two, and then they got the lost episodes on DVD. Yeah. Okay. So it's two. They, they considered season three, but it was only like four episodes of actual okay. finish. So, right, right, right. So that's cut out shit from season two. So, or season one and season two. Oh, no, 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 no. They started doing season three and he left in the middle of it. So those were like skits that they had like waiting for the that next they had season. they already filmed. That they already exactly. finished. Yeah. So the point that I'm making is no one knew what this was going to do. First of all, it's great to always have these conversations years later. So first of all, Comedy Central was not some booming ass network. Still ain't. If y'all remember comedies, huh? If we being honest, it really still ain't. Well, it kind of is now with Trevor Noah and Charlemagne and all that shit. Comedy Central is doing way more than what it used to. But at that time, Comedy Central wasn't doing nothing but just re-airing people's stand-up specials. I don't think that they had any original programming at that time. And if they did, it was those little 30-minute specials that they would tape on, like, Patrice O'Neal and Lonnie Love and stuff. So the best way to describe Comedy Central is, like, you know how BET only play videos? They only play stand-up. That's yeah. how Comedy Central was. But now they got programming, you can barely see stand-up on Comedy exactly. Central. Exactly. They hardly ever show stand-up now. But that's all they were doing. And it wasn't original stand-up. Like, when they first started, it wasn't even original stand-up. It took a minute until they started doing their own 30-minute specials. But the point I'm making is there was no money to get there. So that's number one. Number two, you got to do what I always encourage my clients to do. Understand when you take something just to propel you somewhere else. It's not always about the check. Now, it's hard saying that in 2022 because this fucking young generation swear they know so goddamn much. But it's not always about the check because sometimes the exposure you're going to get is better than any check you'll ever receive. Because because of Donnell Rawlins, even though he's been a comedian since the late 80s, really, or I should say the early 90s, Donnell is known as Ashley Larry. He's done a ton of shit after Chappelle's show. But you can go anywhere in the world with Donnell Rawlins and they gonna call him Ashy Larry. The fact that this man headlines at Caroline's on Broadway, that's because he was Ashy Larry. You understand what I'm saying? Like Caroline's on Broadway is like the Copacabana for comedy. Like 85 South ain't about to be at Caroline's. None of the three dudes from 85 South about to be at Caroline's because they ain't crossed over. But Donnell Rawlins, who ain't had his own blockbuster special, not yet, it's getting ready to come out on Netflix, 
is able to headline Caroline's for the last 10 years because he had that crossover appeal because of the Chappelle show. So to go back to Donnell and to go back to making the band, sometimes it's exposure. Now what them dudes over at making the band didn't understand, they didn't understand how to capitalize off of it. So instead of you being mad at Diddy and trying to blame Diddy for some shit that happened 15 years ago, let's look in the mirror and figure out how you squandered this opportunity. And let's figure out what lessons you can learn to move forward to recreate your career. And even now, just to show that niggas don't have no sense of business, why talk for free? Nigga, go write a book about it. It makes some money off of it if you want to talk true. about it. That's true. That is very true. Or if but better you don't yet, like you know, words, go on Patreon and create a, 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 a subscription-based thing or create a podcast like we're doing. Something. But you're, like Kevin said, you ain't smart at all. And it's it's 17 years later and you're proving that you ain't learned a goddamn thing. Yeah, and and, and, it, and it can be like Chappelle show talked about the band too. They were on Chappelle show, so it's like they were getting looks of like opportunities where they could actually be seen, and they didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, well, some of them actually took advantage of it. I mean, I know Choppa had a a record deal with Bad Boy South solo for a minute. Uh, Sarah, of course, did uh, I think R and B divas. Or like, or on the come, or one of those reality shows. I think the one that's really, you know, capitalizing off of it the most, like yes. out of the band, is Babs because she has, she's doing Queen of the Ring, like she's doing like her battle rapping thing. But cool she, she made, she made that lane herself from the ground. Yeah, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying. And you gotta understand the business. The person that capitalized the best off all the making the bands. It's darn That's wishy. true. That's very true. She understood the assignment from the very beginning. And she carried it through. She carried it through. And even though now Dawn is not a household name, but Dawn is one of the most successful independent artists. Don't be acting like you wasn't advising her. <laughs> <laughs> We're taping a podcast. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, it is what it is. It's all good. But yeah, I definitely agree with you, though. I did advise her a little bit. But she's capitalized on it. She is the most successful 100% independent artist. Like a lot of these artists that y'all think are independent, they're not really independent. They have like a distribution deal or they have something. Dawn has been 100% independent and she's been winning. Dawn has been performing at the biggest festivals in the world. She's been doing her thing, right? To the point Agreed. of when they formed Danity Kane again, she almost didn't come back because she didn't have to. You know, she was going to be taking a loss, but she did it just for the sake of the group. But yeah. understand that even though Kev threw me under the bus, I'm kind of flustered now. I had a nice little monologue. <laughs> it up. Uh, but even though I may have, I may or may not have advised her on some things, allegedly. Um, she was smart enough to put the right people around her to help her where she lacked. Can't nobody touch her creatively. That girl is a beast. If she had the money behind her that Beyonce had, that'll be Beyonce's direct competition. No hoes born. But she didn't have the right people around her. She grabbed people that she could, that she could afford, and that people that would do stuff for her on the love. But she capitalized off of that shit the best. Now, you can't get mad at Diddy because you didn't know what you was doing. You didn't know how to capitalize off of it. You didn't know how to spend it. That's cool. Just say you ain't know what the fuck you was doing. 
call it a day. Stop blaming somebody that gave your broke ass an opportunity. That's a fact. Well, I just want to say I have moving right and, and day 26's albums in both of the things. Yeah, I, and you, you know how I feel about day 26, but that's a different story altogether. We, um, we waited for like day 26 has uh, an underrated album, but I mean, yeah. I feel like I hear people talk about it. I mean, they, people mainly yeah. talk about CoStar, but that album through and through from top to bottom is amazing. Yeah, that whole album and it is came out on skips. my birthday in 2008. Just want to put that out there. Oh, God, oh. yeah. 2000, yeah, that's the day he was born, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's, that's like zero skips on that one. Second album was all right, too. And I like their mixtapes. And I'm just exposing myself as a Day 26 fan club member. Um. But anyway, let's get into some more music. Um, let's get into uh, the band with their uh, half a hit, I should say, uh, tonight. And then we're going to get into more uh, hot topics right here on WOAC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, bad boy. It's about that time. The moment you've all been waiting for. Let's rock. The band. Talk to Something happens when you touch me. Yeah. I get open and my legs start quivering. Yeah. This sensation, emotions take control of me. It's a temptation. I don't know what's come over me. That thing like a motorbike Grab my waist and hold it tight I'm not frightened You think I bought a box of lifestyle for nothing? Please, I got blunts, you supply the weed I'm the best, so baby, keep your eyes on me It's about time I get mine, nigga, I'm ready And sex ain't the bomb if the girl ain't sweaty Listen, man, we been chilling out for a minute And right now, I'm in the mood to straight hit it We know enough about each other I've been patient, look But every nigga got his limits I'm tired of waiting I feel like the night is the night to get Bucky Ball next and they make love all night You ain't gotta worry about me busting in quick seconds I can handle mine plus I'm young and energetic Is you ready? Tonight Yeah, daddy, I know you want it Cause it's extra tight Yeah, mommy, I'm gonna make sure it's extra right I'll be your Mary Jane Game, I'll get you high I'm a bad girl and bad girls do bad things And I'm a bad boy, so girlfriend, do your thing so hurry up, man, show me a sign I've been keeping you all night, and you're alright The reason I'm staring and comparing some things we may have in common And tell your garments on our plane to Bahamas I love how you abuse the charm You got a bad boy, it's time to leave them fools alone Any place that you stay, I can move your home I'm talking shopping sprees for weeks in Rome Hit the airport, four in the morning, we go Off to Paris to meet Sean I can't disappoint Mr. Cone But first I need the number to your phone Tonight, yeah, daddy, I know you want it cause it's extra tight. Yeah, mommy, I'm gonna make sure it's extra right. I'll be your Mary Jane, game, I'll get you high. I'm a bad girl and bad girls do bad things. And I'm a bad boy, so girlfriend, do your thing. Shout out to Sarah Stokes. <laughs> Right, on the on from Detroit, you know I got a shout out to Detroit uh, people. Dylon, 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 and Dylon. <laughs> oh my god! I looked, I looked over and I saw Stevie Wonder. And he said, "I seen you over there, and I know I don't have a record label, but I want to sign you." And he signed us to his label. 
Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> this is WOAC Radio getting into our last hot topics of the night. First off, let's talk about Herschel Walker's dumb ass. Like, I, I'm I'm still convinced that, you know, he's he has CTE and it hasn't been diagnosed yet. But apparently uh, there was a, uh, a, a clip that's been surfacing and where he talks about evolution and uh, you just got to hear it for yourself. So go ahead, uh, EJ, play the clip. Here, that means somebody up there had to say, let there be light that the earth started. And then he had to put someone there on earth. Remember, Adam was there. Remember, Adam came there, then Eve came. So somebody had to start it out. So that means it had to be a God. Because then just uh, some bomb blew up and it started out. And then I, I tell you something else I heard. And I think about this. Because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? I've, That's I, when you, know, you go I'm, to the every science. Time, every time I read or hear that, I think to myself, you just didn't read the same Bible I did. Well, what, this was interesting, though. If that is true, why are there still apes? Think about it. You know, now you're getting too smart for it. No, us, no, no, no. Think about this. We have an evolution that is we've gotten so intelligent that if that is true, why are there still apes? And then the conception of a baby. Let me tell you, science can't do that. They Come still on. trying to do it, Come on. but it can't because there had to be a God. So when God came and said, now, let me... I just lost about five IQ points just from that minute and a half. But apparently, I don't know who's fucking dumber, Herschel or the guy that's interviewing him. They, this is oh, just go ahead, Paige. Yeah, it's it's oh, it's a mess. But anyway, like the context uh, is basically he was uh, at Sugar Hill Church in Sugar Hill, Georgia, uh, during onstage interview with Lee Pastor Chuck Allen. So basically, you know, as you know, Herschel, for some strange reason, is running for uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock's seat in the Senate, representing the state of Georgia. And basically, the sum, like the sum of that dumbass comment is that he thinks that the existence of apes is the reason why he does not believe in the scientific theory. So this stupid ass boy here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, we all know it's no secret. Um, my ass ain't go to college. Everybody else in this room is smarter than me. I ain't go to college. I barely made it out of high school. Okay. Um, but one thing I can say is apes and humans have very similar genetic makeup, very similar to the point of where I have some family members that I swear they belong to the ape family right now, but we're not going to talk about it. Um, now you're talking about your own family. Hello. Hey, listen, listen, it starts at home. Okay. Um, I don't know what Herschel Walker's problem is like. I get you believe in the Bible, and I'm not here to, to discuss the Bible or debate the Bible, but certain things are just what the fuck they are. And evolution is real. It's like when you look at the evolution of hippos to rhinos. A lot of people don't realize that a rhino is a direct descendant of hippos. But the thing is, if you look at a rhino, you're like, nah, it don't really look the same. But then when you really look at it, you're like, yo, it do look the same. This motherfucker just has longer legs and more. Because this was the land hippo, not the water hippo. Like, it, it, he's fucking dumb. It's like giraffes. Giraffes ain't always had them big ass necks. That shit just came about like 10,000 years ago. Before that, they had shorter necks. 
Why they got long ass necks? Because they got to reach trees and shit. He's fucking stupid. And Paige, I love you to death, but I have to correct one thing you said. He's not being considered as a candidate for the Senate. He's running for the Senate. We can't stop him. But nobody's fucking listening to Herschel Walker down here. I promise you. I hope Some not, because, geez. Some of us going to have 5,000 votes. Hey, one thing you said, Quiz, you said just 10,000 years ago. <laughs> you know, the, the, shit is, the shittiest thing about this uh, beat is, like, the Bible only counts us back 20,000 years. But we got proof and evidence that Earth's been here about 200,000 years at this point. Earth didn't been killed. It didn't kill itself, like, six times and shit. Earth been here, and shit been on Earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, Herschel right. dumbass. Like, who the fuck? Can we go to the next break? Because I feel like I'm going to have an aterism deal. Yeah, this. I got you. I got you. So, uh, next up, we have Steve Harvey in a recent interview uh, with a podcast, the Earn Your Leisure podcast. He reveals that, you know, America's Got Talent was a blatant ripoff of a show that he pitched and that lasted for two seasons on the WB called Steve Harvey's Big Time. So let's roll the clip. I created a show on the WB called Steve Harvey's Big Time. Do you know what Steve Harvey's Big Time was? Because they didn't believe me when I told them, y'all ought to take Showtime at the Apollo and put it on mainstream TV instead of having me come on at 1 o'clock in the morning. I used to tell them that. Yeah. No, you can't do that. No, 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 no. So I said, well, let me give them a version of it. Along comes a show called America's, America's Got, Got Talent. Talent. I was going to say that. Yep. Exactly. You know what America's Got Talent is? Shows come from all over the world, different acts. They got three judges, and they got a star. Well, guess what? That's my IP. That's my concept. That's my whole thought. But I ain't had no business for it. Look, man, the first year of America's Got Talent was all acts from Steve Harvey's Big Time. And they took all the producers I had from Steve Harvey's Big Time and gave them jobs. If I understood my business, America's Got Talent would belong to me. Damn, that's a tough break, but you live and you learn though. That's that's a fact. Steve really did want to bring America, uh, wanted to bring Showtime at the Apollo to prime time. And once again, 2022, it's hard to kind of explain this, but at the WB, Steve Harvey was the king of the WB at the time. He had, um, he had got done with me and the boys, then he had the Steve Harvey show, and then he actually did a stand-up that came on on the WB too. Uh, so Steve was like the king of the WB. And they gave him uh, Steve Harvey's Big Time, and they gave him another little talk show. I forgot what it was called. But he wanted to bring Showtime at the Apollo to the WB, but they had this affiliate deal, I think, with, who was it? Was it Fox? I think that Showtime at the Apollo used to come on. Um, uh, I think it was either, I think it was, it was Fox. A, it was, I thought it was ABC. It might have nah, been. been. Now that I think about it, it was out before Fox was created as a network. Yeah. So it had to be it ABC. Was, it, was, NBC. it was ABC. Yeah, because yeah. I know nah, the damn I show was CBS. I know a damn show wasn't CBS, but they had an affiliate deal with ABC that had them locked in for like another six years. It was like a 10 year deal, I think it was. And he couldn't bring it to the WB. So he created his own version of it. 
which is why Steve stopped hosting Showtime and they gave it to Sinbad. Um, and then they gave it to AJ Jamal and they gave it to Monique and, you know, they just kept trying it after that. But he created Steve Harvey's Big Time and that's exactly what it was. It was a talent competition that wasn't just singing and dancing. It was any crazy thing you could do. He had fire eaters. He had mimes. He had clowns. He had all kind of shit. And it was a great show. It got canceled and it really got caught up more say when the WB had to scale back because WB had a bunch of shows that didn't make no money. So they had to scale back and his show got canceled as well as Queen Latifah's talk show because Queen had a talk show on the WB at that time too. They both got canceled and then the whole UPN WB murder happened to the CW. But that was his thing. He didn't have his paperwork in order. Steve used to run a crappy ass business structure back in the day. He didn't have none of his paperwork in order and stuff and they literally came and he's not lying. They took uh, Patricia and Ron, they took all of them guys and they did America's Got Talent and they put um, the first, all the people that was on Steve Harvey's Big Time ended up on the first two seasons of America's Got Talent. He's not lying. That is the God honest truth. I'm just surprised that he said it publicly finally after all these years. So, Good job, Steve. He had a lot of those uh, contracts and all those old ass suits. Oh my God. And on that note, let's get, into, <laughs> let's get into the next one. Now, Dionne Warwick appeared on uh, Bravo TV's Watch What Happens Live recently. And uh, the host, Andy Cohen, uh, actually asked about uh, something going down in Vegas, which Quez is getting ready to see really soon. Apparently, there's actually uh, a hologram show featuring Dion's late cousin. Of course, that would be Whitney Houston. Uh, there's actually a hologram show featuring a hologram of Whitney um, that's happening in Vegas. And she was asked, Dion was asked, you know, what she, what her thoughts about it. And uh, she was against it, you know, saying that, you know, then just need to go ahead and let Whitney rest in regards to that. Um, and for that, I agree. I definitely agree with that. But Quez, you know, since you're actually going to see the hologram real soon, uh, give me your thoughts on it. You know what's crazy? You're not going to believe this. You're really going to think I'm lying, but this is the God honest truth. I think because Dion said that, it scared somebody. During the taping of this podcast, they sent us an email. The shows are canceled. Wow! The shows are canceled. So we are going to Vegas tomorrow. Um, We're going just to have fun and, you know, the people I'm going with, they have some other things going on. And um, the whispers are being honored by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And uh, I'm also going to go see. Shout out to the whispers. And I'm also going to go see Silk Sonic on Friday. But we had bought tickets to see the hologram because we saw some videos and we was like, well, let's just see. And I didn't want to go, but the person I'm going with wanted to go. And I looked at the tickets were only 50 bucks a piece. So I said, oh, we'll go. Um, and I was really going to look forward to it. And I was going to be, you know, open to it because my thought process is, well, if we do this, then we could quite possibly, you know, I'm old. So we do this, we could quite possibly do a Michael Jackson hologram. We could do a Sam Cooke hologram. We could do an Otis Redding hologram. Like we can do a lot if we, if, if this is, if this works. And uh, it's been showing now in Vegas since the end of December or the mid of December. And so ironically, like an hour ago, while taping this podcast, we got the email saying it's canceled. I went to the website and everything's canceled up until like April 15th. 
Wow. So I don't know what happened, but they just canceled it and they're refunding us our money. So it'll show up on my on uh, the credit card tomorrow, probably. But yeah, they actually canceled it. But I was looking forward to seeing what it looks like. Um, as somebody that spent a lot of time with Whitney and saw her perform more times than I could count, I was just really interested in seeing what it would look like, what it would sound like, and, um, you know, how realistic it is. So, yeah. All right. But yeah, also, you also mentioned that you're going to see Silk Sonic. And I just have one thing. If you happen to bump into Anderson Pack, uh, tell him I said hi and that I love him. Let, let me tell that. you anyway. about the Silk Sonic <laughs> shit. Man, cool. So, let me tell you about the Silk Sonic shit. So, when they made the announcement, they sent out an email to all the major agencies and said, we don't care who it is and what's going on. No comp ticket. They're not giving out any comp tickets. So I said, okay, when they do announce it, we're gonna buy the tickets. So me and my friend, we ended up on uh, Ticketmaster at the same time we were sitting there waiting. Tickets go on sale. We ended up buying two tickets. The two tickets plus the fees and taxes came up to $1,800 and some check. This show better be fucking <laughs> Okay. First of all, I haven't bought a concert ticket in God knows how long. But the fact that I spent $1,800 on two tickets is insane. So this shit better be phenomenal. And I heard that they're taking our phones. Yeah, the they're locking up the phones. No uh, yeah. videos or pictures or anything. But some people have snuck. Some That's, some people have definitely snuck. Have, <laughs> have you seen videos? I think a little bit of it. They're not the best quality. Allegedly, the videos you saw, I need you to quite possibly send me those reimaginations of one night with Silk Sonic. <laughs> no! <laughs> so I can see. Okay, well then you may or may not tell Anderson hi for me and I'll probably get that for you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. I've been, I've been trying to catch these guys. I, I had a conversation with Bruno some years ago, but I've been trying to catch these guys and I'm always right there. Like, the Soul Train Awards and you know, uh, apparently one time I was on the flight with Anderson Pack and didn't know it. Like, I, it's always like they're right there and I miss them to have a one-on-one -on -one interaction with them. But I definitely want to talk to them. I definitely am the biggest Silk Sonic fan. I love what they did with Confunctions Love Train. I love the entire album. Um, Skate, Blast Off, After Last. I love it all. And I know that this conversation is making EJ's eyes roll and making his yep. ears bleed. <laughs> cool. Silk, Sonic. Cool. Silk Sonic has to be one of the greatest things that came out of the music business within the last five to 10 years. I love it. I'm excited. I hate that I didn't catch him in DC when they went in DC last year. So as soon as they announced this residency, I had to get tickets. And it just worked out to where the whispers are going to be at the Cannery Casino on Saturday, so my hotel's already covered. So it, it just worked out perfectly. And then my friend is going to a party out there, so we it just worked out perfectly. So we're going to have a good time, man. I can't yeah, wait. Silk, silk man, all I got to say is I hope. I love silk. You know, me and my Shut up, this DJ. Boy, <laughs> I love silk. I just, I just hope that they end up going on tour after this because I want to see them for less than 1800 bucks. but that's a different story. Anyway, finally, last story of the night. Uh, Senate has passed a proposed bill that would cancel daylight savings time for good. Now, you know, daylight savings just started uh, this past Sunday. 
So, uh, yeah, if this bill passes in the House after having already passed unanimously in the Senate, as if they don't have anything else bigger to focus on, um, yeah, we could be done with Daylight Savings Time as of 2023. Time is slipping away from me. Yeah. <laughs> what the? <laughs> okay, that just caught me off guard. Was, Your thoughts on this, y'all? I said this. Listen, I didn't change one clock. This is not important legislation. I didn't change a single clock. In my home, my outside of my home, around my home, none. Why is this important? You know how quick it took for them to pass this bill, but then the anti-lynching bill took 200 years? The priorities are backwards. Did anybody on the panel actually change a clock? Nope. Anybody? It was definitely I 200 did. times. My car I still says that it's 901. What clock did you change, Claire? The, the one on the microwave. Okay. <laughs> if you, if you, then the problem is the microwave. That's the problem. You make you make a billion skillion dollars, Quest. Get another microwave. This is not important at all. Jesus, Devontae Christ. Not whatsoever. What? I didn't lose any well, I lost an hour, but I didn't lose any sleep. Let me tell you. I did. I, I missed my sleep. So I didn't realize it was going to be daylight saving time until Saturday at like 4 o'clock. So I'm literally in Miami and niggas was like, well, you know, the time go up. I said, you dirty motherfucker. So by the time Mary J get off stage and we get back to this hotel, the call is at 4. I was like, I'm or at what, what time? Because I was on the phone with y'all. My lobby call was at 6. Hey, Quest, first of all, if I'm at a show and somebody said the time going up, I'm looking for more today. <laughs> Oh my God, Jesus! Let's end this show really quick before he says anything. No, if you had a show and somebody say the time is going up, you're looking for Morris Day. You're like, hold on, the time. Wait a minute. The time is my nigga. Where he at? <laughs> now, nah, but when it's it's a you know this year I was blessed. Normally, when the time goes up, I normally get fucked. Right? I was only going from Miami to DC, so it wasn't too bad. But normally when the time changes, I'm fucked. I normally am going from the West Coast to the East Coast. So it tears me all the way up. This year wasn't that bad, but I, I don't see the point in it. I know back in the day, the point was um, the harvesting of the fruits and vegetables and crops um, in the field. But now we don't grow shit in the field. They grow in um, greenhouses and factories. So we don't really give a shit about daylight savings time no more. Um, I don't like the whole balancing of the time. Um, I'm with Beats. I, I'm blessed to where I have multiple things where I didn't have to change the time or anything, but I did have to change it on my microwave. Um, I refuse to buy one of these new age microwaves that connects to Wi-Fi because I don't understand the point. Um, I don't own a microwave, so that's why I didn't have to change the time. I don't, I don't understand. So, um, but yeah, but I, I'm not, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not with this, but Beats, in their defense, they've tried to pass this bill like 300 times. So this has been in the works for at least since like 2002. Damn, so. crazy. <laughs> All right, well, well. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Man, well, anyway, that does it for 
this week's episode of. Uh, I think this has been the longest episode. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, it just hit ten o'clock, so yeah, it is. So we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna wrap it up right here. But man, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for WOAC Radio. We definitely appreciate support. WOAC Radio is available on all platforms, all major platforms. So it's available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music. Well, Apple podcast google podcast uh make sure you tap in and we definitely appreciate the support we are number 59 uh for music commentary podcast for apple podcast so definitely very excited about that and we're continuing to grow and all of that big things planned for future episodes so you don't want to miss it uh we tape every wednesday at seven o'clock um, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Clubhouse. So if you'd like to join in on the commentary, make sure you keep it locked to our Clubhouse at the Original Album Club. Uh, follow us on Twitter at OG Album Club, on Instagram at The Original Album Club. And uh, we thank you guys for the support. We thank you for listening. And uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your week. We'll check, out, we'll check in with y'all next time. Peace. Wait a minute, I just got here.